The following podcast contains coarse language and adult themes. This week on the show, we're loving lasagna and hating Mondays, chatting the Garfield Amazing Spider-Man and its sequel that I bet you didn't know was actually subtitled The Rise of Electro. It's part two of our Legacy of the Spider-Man series. I'm Riggs. And I'm Eddie. And this is the Film Addicts Podcast. Hey folks, and welcome back to the Filmatics Podcast. So happy to have you here. I'm chatting with Addy. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, sir. How are you? I'm dandy. You, I love your shirt. Thank you so much, and I love the Deadpool. Yeah, I got my Deadpool taco hoodie on at the moment, which is pretty dope. Um, it's a, it's a nice lazy day at home. And um, for those of you uh, listening, probably on decent headphones, you might be able to hear a little bit of work going on outside. That's right, fucking Ozcorps turned up. And they're building a goddamn tower out the front of my house to fucking make all sorts of goblin gliders and shit. So spiders that have give everyone superpowers. It's bananas. But uh, so apologies for the construction noise. But um, yeah, welcome back. Part two of the Legacy of Spider-Man. We are talking the uh, Andrew Garfield, uh, not not the, the Cat Garfield um, uh, sequel uh, film and its sequel. Which, yeah, when I was at the Spider-Thon a few weeks ago... Because we're not going anywhere, we're waiting for the next movie. You're watching all the credits, and fuck me if at the end of that film it doesn't come up and say "Amazing Spider-Man: The Rise of Electro," and that was the name of the film. Did you know that? I did not. Nobody did. I think the only person who knew that was the editor. He's like, I'm going to pop this in at the end and give my two cents. Because there's been a lot of Rise movies. There was a Rise of the Silver Surfer also, and that one didn't do too well. And there was Dawn of the Justice League. Dawn of Justice. Things rise, things dawn, justice, spider people. It's all good, you know? Um, But uh, before we do get into what, interestingly enough, my relationship with Addy, my relationship with you, sir, has actually made these films my favourite Spider-Mans. And also the, the, and we'll get into it, but the... The saturation of the MCU connected cinematic universe stuff that has gotten so out of control now. It's like it's like how you breed cockroaches to feed your lizard. They just go ape shit. And my my business partner Dan will get that joke. But um he's got a lizard and he breeds croc- cockroaches to feed it. It's a, it's incredible. It's such a great operation. But that has nothing to do with anything apart from bugs. But that that kind of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as we know it, has kind of taken over the the idea, a new construct of what we expect our media to be, especially when it comes to this genre shit. And it's, you go back to those two films and it's nice that they're just kind of by himself. But anyway, we'll get into it. And I'm very <clears throat> interested to hear your kind of previous with it as well, because these are your Spideys, aren't they? Yep. This is, this is the episode that I was looking forward to the most. Yeah. Because I'm scared and excited. <laughs> this is my Spider-Man. The perfect combination. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking, the first one, as you said before, it's the 10th anniversary this year of the release of the original um, Amazing Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man. Um, which is funny because it, it didn't dawn on me, but in a few months' time, I'm going to be 40, which is awesome. And um, 
the year I turned 30, this had come out. And I remember my 30th birthday. How fucking sad is this? I, well, I was still drinking then. And I just got drunk and watched this movie. And um, it was horribly depressing. But the movie's great. <laughs> <laughs> fucking lizards and shit. It's awesome. Um, but we will get into, uh, you know, first we'll, we'll talk to about, um, you know, yourself and your uh, kind of previous with all this I'm, I'm interested to hear that the most but uh, before that as we always do do you want to do the nerd news let's do some nerd news we must we must do it and here we are Back again with the Filmatics Podcast Nerd News. Um, just a few little little items that I thought was interesting that popped out to me in the, uh, the the cycle of news this week. The Moon Knight writers, writers of Moon Knight, the MCU TV series that we did an episode on, actually considered bringing back old Steve Rogers as a cameo. I don't know how they would pull that off. Yeah. Under what circumstance would Chris Evans return? Would they would they Tarkin him and and or or, or um, who's a more famous Star Wars person who passed away and they did a digital reconstruction of Carrie Fisher? Yeah, would they do that? Because I mean, they could. They probably. I would imagine in these Marvel cinematic times, you sign away your likeness, so they could absolutely do it. Yeah, I mean they they're starting to do that with Stanley as well. <clears throat> where now they're going to have Stan Lee cameo in every MCU movie, hopefully. Which, I don't know why they did that, like, after he passed away. But I get... I'm happy that they're doing that now. But, yeah, I mean, they literally have the, your whole body scanned for literally anything that they want to do. Mm. Even toys and things like that. Sex dolls. Um, Not sex dolls, me, just toys. <laughs> tell me they haven't thought about it. Tell me they haven't thought about it. Maybe not with Stan Lee, but... What the fuck are they doing? Like, hang on. They're, they're going to put Stan Lee in movies now digitally. Just leave. He's dead. He was 146 years old when he died. Just leave him be. He's done enough. That is true. He's done enough. But, I mean, that has nothing to do with Moon Knight or Captain America, really. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't understand where that would have fit. Like, where he yeah. would have... Um, at what point does he make sense in that in that thing? Unless it's maybe a flashback or something, or I don't know. But flashback, like how? Or at least what we got, it doesn't make sense in that story. Yeah. Maybe maybe they met in like the, the fucking plane. Yeah, maybe. He's dead and he's on the boat with the hippo. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, that could make sense. But also, like, Captain America is white. I don't think he believes in... Uh, uh, things are outside of Christianity. The spiritual afterlife. Yeah, I mean, he does. Yeah. He, you know, he sort of never really leans one way or another. But you know, lower middle class. Well, not middle class. Like working class, Brooklyn, nineteen twenty born kind of thing. Yeah, he would have been Catholic if nothing else. But yeah, there you go. And speaking of gods, and 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 gods among us, Thor himself. Chris Hemsworth is huge. No, he is. He's massive, but he also does have plans to return as Thor in more movies after Love and Thunder. 
And, you know, I think he kind of found his with 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 the teaming up with Tyke and we've we've said our piece about the the Thor Love and Thunder. We haven't seen it yet, so we can't really comment any further than that. But I think he finding Tyka and and having that that um, sort of reinvention of that character moving forward. I think he's like, you know what, I've got more to say with this because I never got to where I needed to. Tony did. Tony, fucking idiot. Um, Robert Downey. Robert Downey. Robert Downey had to have a beautiful arc for that. His character. Chris Hemsworth had a beautiful arc for his character. Um, uh, Scarlett had a beautiful arc for her character. Got to come back and do one more punt at it. I think he's like, you know what? I've got a couple more in me because I've, I've got more to say with this character, you know? And, you know, God bless him. Yeah. I mean, it would be yeah. fucking rad if, like, the <clears throat> new Avengers film, which uh, I don't know if this part of nerd news and I'm shitting, shitting on the panel that you have, but... How do uh, Cap- you? <laughs> Captain okay, America yeah. 4. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, shit. It's fine. Uh, Captain America 4 is going to be like a mini Avengers film. I don't know. That's, that's what I'm saying. Captain America 4. Right. So, with, the one that Anthony with Sam Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I know they're doing a Thunderbolts series, which is all the villains. Uh, whether that's a series or a movie, I don't know. Um, so that'll be interesting. That kind of, you know, you bring some bring some avengings in there as well. But um, but I guess we'll see. Uh, Thor opens this Thursday in in um, or maybe it's already open. It's either yeah, this it comes Thursday out sixth. Or... We're oh, recording okay. this on four, so it comes on yeah Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday or Thursday. It'll be it'll be here. So well, you know, that's great. Good on him. Um, and uh, you know, as 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 we're talking about Avengers, and you know, I try I like to have links between these things. No, I don't. That's an absolute lie. They just happen to be in this order. Chris Pratt has come out and said, because he's going to be voicing <laughs> Mario Mario. Yeah. In the Super Mario Brothers cartoon. Whatever. Maybe it's not a cartoon. Maybe it's a live action. No, it's not live action. It's, it's animated, definitely. But cool. Okay. Um, and he's come out and said that the voice that he's doing for Mario Mario is unlike anything you've heard in the Mario world. Quote, I hope by that, by saying that, what he means is it won't be super fucking racist <laughs> or stereotypical at the very at best. Yes. Stereotypical, you know, like it's okay. A couple little hoo hoo and like jumping sounds, like that's fine in the video game. But as soon as you just turn the corner and start doing a stereotype, like Chris Pratt, I guarantee you is absolutely not. An Italian man, okay? He is definitely not even close to an Italian man. So we've got to be careful here. I was actually just listening to, uh, again, I talk about it a lot, um, the We Hate Movies podcast. I was listening to an older episode of theirs. <clears throat> um, and they were talking about Karate Kid 2, uh, which is a baller-ass film. But everybody in that film... Is, is you know is an Asian person apart from Ralph Macchio obviously but it's set it's set in Okinawa and there's three characters who have big roles there's like two villains there's chosen uh, or chosen and Sato who are the bad guys and then Mr Miyagi now Pat Morita had lived in the United States for long enough that he didn't have an American accent that he had an American accent um, he might have even been born there I'm not 100 percent sure sorry but in the movie he's doing. Uh, what would be teamed a stereotypical 
Asian accent for that period of time, right? And then you also have Sato and Chosen, who were, were I think Sato, the, the actor who played Sato was actually Korean, but um, they all had the, the Japanese type accent in their English speaking as well. Knowing that it's inappropriate to do that as four white guys, the We Hate Movies podcast end up doing other other impressions. Okay, okay. so instead of Mr. Miyagi doing that voice, Mr. Miyagi is going to be played by um, the guy who was Columbo or, you know, Chosen's going to be Alan Alder or, and Sato is going to be, you know, Gary Busey. It's just a really good way to get around it. So, Chris Pratt, all I'm saying is when you think about your Mario voice, Maybe just steer away from what we're all expecting. Okay, buddy, best of luck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who asked for that movie anyway. And this is this I'm really excited about because I fucking love this movie. Top Gun Maverick has made a billion dollars. Money, money, cash money. That's me. That's me. Doing the making it rain for Maverick. I really like the film. It's fucking it's 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 really goofy in places and cheesy in places but all in all the best ways and it's also the highest grossing film of tom cruise's career which is a pretty cool thing to get to when you're fucking 60 yeah he turned 60 yesterday was it he turned 60 yesterday and then today there was an image put online of him hanging from a fucking cessna or something like an old school plane like oh here's tom cruise on the set of mission impossible dead reckoning part two just hanging from a plane at 60 years old are you kidding me? I couldn't do that now. That's him celebrating his birthday, dude. Yes, that's that's how he does it. He gets up in the morning, he chews a bunch of glass, and 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 he does fourteen lines of cocaine, and then he gets into a car that doesn't have a roof and drives to the airport, and then he gets on a plane that's not driven by anyone. It's just filled with snakes, and <laughs> and he hangs off the side of it, and then he parachutes down into an active volcano. The guy is superhuman. He's the closest thing to a mutant I think we'll ever get. But happy birthday, Tom. Oh, no. Yeah. So I feel like Hugh Jackman is a mutant. He quit He quit playing Wolverine because people were getting, uh, people were questioning that he never ages. So Hugh yeah. Jackman is a, <laughs> is a is mutant. Sus. It is sus. He does look better and better as time goes on. Gives a call. Just yeah. like you, my friend. Me? <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of like... um. I'm kind of like a prune um, in that uh, I used to be a plum, but, uh, you know, I'm not as juicy anymore. Hang on. I don't know where I'm going with this metaphor. <laughs> Let me just speak out here. I used to be a ripe, plump fruit, but now I'm, you know, a little bit more shriveled and 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 wrinkly, but I'm better for you now. Um, I'm, I'm high, high in fiber, and I'll keep you regular, you know. I'll keep you regularly doing a podcast. What am I talking yeah. about? That's insane. Um, and finally, the last nerd news story is not about me being a dehydrated fruit. It is about um, Roger Stern, the disc jockey in America, was on a hot mic the other day, a mic that he didn't know was on. And he was talking to someone. I don't know who it was. I didn't read that part of the story. Or didn't, what The information wasn't there as far as I could find. Talking about that he's involved in some way in a Doctor Doom movie. Oh, Howard Stern? What did I say? I said Roger I don't know Stern. what you said. Roger Stern. Yeah, maybe. Is, I think it was Roger Sterling is the character from Mad Men. You're right. It is Howard Stern, not Roger. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, Howard Stern. 
And I don't know if he's going to play Doctor Doom or if he's writing it or if he's... But he he was complaining about it. He was like, oh, I'm just not looking forward to it. I'm going to fucking hate it. And whatever. whatever. I'm sure the money they pay you makes it feel better. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, if, it, if it's a film about Doctor Doom having a podcast with Ant-Man, then yeah, sure. Have, have Howard Stern play Doctor Doom. But fucking hell, not that guy, man. Please. Get someone else. Yeah, I don't... Even even the guy who played him in the Fantastic Four pictures would be better than that. The what's his name? Yeah, Toby. Someone or other. So, oh yeah, or Toby Kebbell. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the guy who was in the the original two, to, um, Julian, someone, the Australian dude. Yeah, I, I don't know, but we're getting a Doctor Doom movie in some fashion. If not that, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fucking the Fantastic Four picture that he's that Doctor Doom's obviously gonna be in. Um, whatever form that takes. It's, it's either it's either a Fantastic Four film or we get we get him as a post credit scene in the Thunderbolt series of him. Whatever that whatever that's gonna be. Yeah, yeah. I, that's probably I just don't know why they do a standalone Doom movie without setting him up. Yeah. Outside of I mean you ha- exactly. Sorry. No, that's fine. It's just yeah, it's a it's an interesting interesting gambit, Marvel. I'm not sure where you're going at the moment. I, I rewatched um, uh, Multiverse of Madness with uh, my my fiance the night because she hadn't seen it. She's been working like a motherfucker. So, um, it, but it dropped on Disney Plus, and she had the night off, which was a rarity. And she was like, "Let's watch this picture," and she enjoyed it and everything. But she was just kind of the same as me. She was like, "I don't know where they're all going anymore. Like, it doesn't." She's like, "No one's here. You know, you're at a party, and all the people you knew who they, like you arrived with have left." <laughs> Like what the fuck? Every all my friends, those Captain America yeah. shits though. But anyway, enough of all that. Uh, just one more thing. Yeah, sure. I I read something on the internet the other day that summed up the whole how we feel about the MCU right now perfectly. It's it's like it's like we're in seventh grade and we and for the first time we've gotten what seems to be algebra and we're like, what the fuck is this? Why can't we just do addition and subtraction? Like why? Why this? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a lot. We're in we're in <laughs> the advanced. Lot, yeah. We're in maths methods of of the of the MCU at the moment, and I'm not following yeah. you. To be perfectly honest. Yeah. But I'm you know I'm a prune and simple. Happy anniversary, Amazing Spider-Man, with Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone, and Risa Fance and uh, Sally Field, and. Uh, Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. Fucking Martin Sheen. Fantastic. And also um, uh, somebody, Campbell Scott. Um, you know, we'll talk about him in a minute because it was a fantastic deleted scene that I saw recently of him from the second picture. We had a lot of deleted material, including a completely excised portion of Mary Jane, played by Shailene Woodley. Um, and where he comes back and meets Peter at the graveyard and he didn't die, which was a very powerful scene that was, was taken out of the movie. And I'm, I'm yeah, but you, you actually have a little bit more information about why the sequel kind of went a little bit off the rails um, because of Avi Arad and, 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 you know, the Sony hack and, you know, a bunch of interesting shit went down. So, but before we get into that, I'm just going to say really quickly, I love these pictures. Um, I think that 
in terms of, let's just look at what you have on the screen. Uh, you have a much more competent set of actors in your leads. Uh, Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield is one of the finest actors of his generation and you can fight me online if you want, but that's absolutely my opinion. And if you don't agree with me, watch Silence, watch Tick, Tick, Boom, watch the new show that's currently streaming in Australia on Disney um, uh, under the banner of heaven. And, and if you disagree still, then we have very, very different tastes. Um, but also, you know, I'm not attributing this necessarily to Mark Webb. I know he was new to these kind of things. He did train himself in special effects to be able to be the, the herald of this, this ship, the captain, as it were. Um, but this is like looking at the Toby ones and how glossy and, and, and bright and, and, you know, cartoonish they were. And then looking at the Marvel ones and looking how they're part of the stable of movies that kind of all look the same at this point. These films are incredibly stylized. Um, the the cinematography is is it doesn't Top get much. any better than that first that first picture in particular. Rewatching on the big screen, um, you know, I love the costume and the kind of the grittiness of it and the tone and the texture of things and the shadow work and the taking it a little bit more seriously, like you know, setting it in a period of time now as a teenager where it's different. You're not. And there's no nerds anymore. They're just, you kind of introverted or extroverted and that kind of thing. And, and the, the Spider-Manning is, is unmatched at this point. The CG work, the stunt work, um, you know, the costume design, Andrew Garfield's performance in the suit, you know, he's really cocky there at first and kind of a dick and then learns to be humble. And, and there's, it's just, yeah, I don't think it's been it's been better. Like, it looks really fucking good. And if you don't agree with me, look at the tile that we've used for this episode, whether you're on Instagram or, or YouTube or wherever it is. The, the image from this film is just, it is Shep is kiss. So, so good. And I think my point, again, after saying all that is, yes, as I said before, after having a now having a, a friendship with, with Addy, I have a much greater appreciation for these also um you know tiring of the kind of the, the marvel normality that we're all used to now these are the two films that are going to age better than anything else like in another 10 years these will be the ones that people come back to proof in the pudding is if anybody follows me the, the stitch up uh with regs on instagram i put up an image uh, again, I mentioned this last week of the um, the intro to part two, Rise of Electro, by the way, um, of the the shot of Spider-Man falling from the sky. Like it starts with the symbol and then it fades up and the costume's rippling and he swoops through the city and all right, what have you got me for, what have you got uh, for me today, New York, that kind of thing. And the crowd went fucking bananas. It was, it was, a beautiful experience to, to re-appreciate those films. So, yeah, I think they're going to age better than the rest. Um, I think they look outstanding. Yeah, man, they're top shelf, especially that first film. I, I think that is, um, that's that's probably one of the best superhero movies ever made and um, including Batman Returns, which is my favorite. So <coughs> that's how I feel about it in a general form. We'll get into little bits and pieces, but Addy, please tell the people, tell me, tell me how you feel about it. I want to know. Here we go. Here so we start with the introduction, right? So we're here in 2022. So let's go back 10 years now. Just let's let's put in a mindset, right? So it's 2012. 
is July of 2012. The biggest fucking superhero film to ever come out, The Avengers, came out a month ago. Is that right? Okay, holy shit. And the sequel to The Dark Knight, Christopher Nolan's Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight, the sequel to that masterpiece, comes out a month from now. Okay. All right? And in the middle, we're stuck here with a film that has a character that everybody knows, but not but a film that nobody really expects nor is looking forward to. It's it's a it's a film made by a small indie director who's in one film called Five Hundred Days of Summer, and it stars newcomers like Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield, and it's called The Amazing Spider Man. But do we have a Spider Man film like five years ago? Yes, that's right. Yes, we did, Addy. <laughs> and this is, and this film is an answer to the machine that Marvel is now and back then as well. Mm. But it's also a film full of heart and soul and potential and just love. But nobody knew that. All we knew is that we got, we had a teaser of the first person view of Spider-Man swinging. And nobody fucking cared. And I, and I get that nobody fucking cared because, you know, we were still battling with the downfall of this of the Raimi trilogy and people loving Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man and then coming into this kind of feeling uh, that maybe we could have had Spider-Man 4 instead of this new person playing Spider-Man. But it worked. All the risks that, that Sony took and uh, all the headaches that Mark Webb took and this being Mark Webb's second film with two, I don't know, it's like $200, $200 million more than, than what he had for his first film as a budget. Mm. And he managed it perfectly. And it tells a story about, it tells a story about a boy trying to become a man and it focuses on the man aspect of Spider-Man rather than being Spider-Man. It's, it's a short film, it's a two hour, 16 minute film, if I'm not wrong. And Peter Parker doesn't become, or truly doesn't become Spider-Man in, until one hour and 17 minutes in the film. It's a film that will, as you said, go on in history and be one of those films that ages well than all the 30 movies and 300 movies that Marvel will do next. Mm. It's a film that I go back to when I when I want to feel things or when I want to just shut off and not feel things. And it's a it's a film that that truly shows Peter Parker and truly shows what Spider-Man means. And you, you didn't really get that in the Raimi trilogy. You have you have Toby McGuire who wasn't who wasn't ever supposed to be a teenager in high school. He was supposed to be a he was supposed to be a Johnny guy who was who is just reacting to stuff happening to him. The spider bites him and yeah, he gets angsty and Uncle Ben dies, but it's all him reacting to things happening to him. Whereas in this film, it's it's cause and effect and it's, it's so well done when, he, when Peter gets bitten by the spider and he realizes that he has his powers. The first thing he does is he stands up to a bully but not because he wants to save anyone, but because he wants to get revenge for what the bully has done to him. Mm. And he gets cocky, which fuck off, man, who said 
like whoever <coughs> fucking says that so you wouldn't get cocky with that pulse of course you would of course especially you if you're like especially if you're like 15 16 who the fuck wouldn't part of this the, the sorry to interrupt but part of the thing that makes peter parker an interesting character and is definitely stressed much more in this picture that we're talking about um is that a person who is has always been weak and suddenly gets power is going to abuse that power until they learn to use it correctly and that's exactly what he does his dad rims him out rims him out for it he's like did you you know did you embarrass that kid? And he's like, yeah, but he's a joke. And he's like, yeah, but just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. Um, and then later on, you know, during all of his Spider-Maning, he's really cocky, like where he gets the suit finally. He's finally developed the entire suit and the web shooters. And he's talking to that, the guy in the car. And and he's like, he's like, oh my God, what is that? Oh, oh you found my weakness. It's small knives. It's little knives. He's like whipping him up and just like, shoot. by the way, the sound of the web shooter is fucking awesome. It's got this real kind of whipping to it. It's, like, a, it, it's it, a real twimp. It's, it's a, a real whip. Yeah, like if you were to write out how that how it sounds, it's whip. And he, he sort of whips this guy up against the, 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 um, the wall and he's like, what is that? And he's like, oh, it's just something that I designed. You know, you wouldn't even understand it, you know, because I'm fucking Spider-Man right now, so fuck you. And he then he comes over to him and he's he's real threatening, you know, and he's he's like checks his arm or whatever, cuts the mouth hole. And then the cops turn up and he's, you know, grabs the guy's gun after he shoots at him. And he's like, I just did 90% of your job and then swings off thinking he's King Dick and doesn't really get it until he saves that kid from the bridge and sees what is at stake and what he what his abilities truly give him the opportunity to do and it's more than being a hero um and then he lifts the guy up and he's like who are you and he says i'm spider-man and that's where he becomes and he's sitting there on, on the bed looking at the mask going oh this is this is who i am now for better or worse and i think that one of the best kind of um really subtle things that they do here to 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 stress that to stress the, the that he has become um you know everybody gets a chance at redemption is he gets into a fight with flash and then his uncle gets killed and flash goes up to say to him i'm sorry about your uncle and peter slams him against the uh, the lockers and flash is like it feels good doesn't it to be to be able to to be strong you know it's okay your uncle died and i'm sorry and he walks off and then at the end of the picture they're friends He's like, hey, man, how you doing? And they give each other a hug and stuff. Like, that is so much more interesting than the caricature of um, Joe Manganiello being like, hey, yo, fucking, uh, fucking got food on me and here's a punch and whatever. And, you know, like, you're a freak, Parker. Like, that's just, it's really broad. This is very, very specific to who these characters would ultimately end up being. Um, so, yeah, I just, yeah, the... I agree with what you're saying. It was a long way around of going about that, but I just like that part of the arc that it gives him. Because Spider-Man is kind of a dick, you know, at first. Yes. Yeah, and then conversely, and then you see the entire arc of this thing. You know, he loses everybody by the time you get to the end end of the film, and then he comes back, and it's that little kid in the street. You know, Spider-Man is everyone. He's that's he, that's why he wears a mask. It could be anyone under there. And he says to the kid, you know, why don't you go back and be with your mum? I'm going to take care of this jerk right here, and. Gets the gets the megaphone out and he's like, you know, to put the rhino. I want you to get out of the rhino costume. And he's like, no, nah, come down. And he's like, oh, you want me to come down there? I'll be right there. And he throws the thing, and then he goes to work. You know, it's just there is a real development there from 
the the typical that you that you would be expecting. Sorry, please continue. No, absolutely, I, I agree with you. And what's even interesting is you pointed out the flash, the flash arc, right? Because Flash Thompson is in this one, and he was the bully that I was talking about. He's not in the second one, which I hate because mm. I because I would have loved to see what that relationship would have been after the first film. But the second one had a lot of things going on, so I get that. But what's more interesting is that in the first one, Flash Thompson and Peter Parker have only and only four interactions. And you see that whole arc in that four interactions. Yeah. And it's fucking spectacular. But I just want to go back and say like the, the cause and effect thing is that he gets he gets his powers, and he gets his abilities, right? And he and he takes revenge on Flash and he breaks the basketball board. So, so Uncle Ben has to get called off of work to go to go and scold Peter Parker. Mm. And right, so he's not able to pick up Aunt May. So he so he tells Peter that he has to pick up Aunt May because he has to go and do another shift. But right after right after Uncle Ben says that, Peter Parker gets his first date. And, and it's a it's a four minute scene of literally no no actual dialogue. It's just it's just Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield just trying to pull out words. And for fuck's sake, I get I get so fucking teary eyed when I see that every time because I am that kid. I can't fucking talk. This is the only this is the only place where I talk, and I can't fucking talk at all. Like I I can't go up to a person and say, Hey, can can you give me a glass of water? I'll fucking die. Of dehydration, but I'll not fucking ask because I can't. <laughs> what happened to Addy? He died. Why? Well, he's really fucking thirsty and he couldn't ask for any water and we weren't near a tap. That's intense, man. They they, they yeah. are incredible. Like Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone, you, you want to talk about chemistry. Jesus Christ. I mean, they were fucking. They were, they were together when they were making these pictures and holy shit. He shows. Shit. It shows that they are instantly the tension is is and it's also a weird thing for Spider Man too because previously you got fucking like, like Toby Maguire, you know, and 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 Kirsten Dunst who were these weird like virginal kids who and, and it's never even alluded to maybe they might finger bang or whatever it is or spider bang or whatever you want to do, but with Emma and and Andrew young realistically drawn people um in the subtlest of ways i mean one of these people would go on to win an oscar and andrew garfield's been nominated like three times this is not you know what i mean like this is some serious pedigree on screen here and that scene where he's i mean the scene where he fights the 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 lizard underwater in the sewers is awesome because you don't see that how how out of his element is spider-man in that and reese farns is just he's killing that 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 kind of lispy Peter Parker, like he's got real venom in his speech. Um, but that's not the point I'm trying to make. He's just, just reminded me he's really cool. When he goes to Gwen's place and he's like, he raps on the door with his head and she lets him in and he's, his chest is torn up and she's like, she's healing him. She's she's dabbing him with with whatever. And then they're, they're, he's shirtless and he looks good and she's like, mm, I don't know about this. And then she has the great line of like, 
you know, I can't, I can't do this. She, he's like, come on, we can be together, whatever. I'm Spider-Man, whip, whip, you know, um, whatever. She's like, look, I'm, my dad's a cop, you know, like every day he, he, he straps a weapon to his body and goes out and, and puts that body on the line. You know, I can't, I know what this is. I know how this ends. It's really tragic before you even get into the romance of it. Just in, incredible chemistry. And it's, you know, I know they're not together anymore, but apparently they're still quite good friends. Um, so much so that you sent me a video clip, actually. Someone had had put these two clips together. Andrew Garfield is on the Hollywood, Hollywood Reporters Actors Roundtable during the Oscar time. They do it with actors and directors and writers and stuff. And Andrew was obviously being nominated at that period. It was either for Silence or Hacksaw Ridge. It might have even been from Tick, Tick, Boom, sorry. And he was talking about how he loves to investigate a character. Like he took a year off to learn about how to be a Jesuit for um, Silence, which is a really fucking good movie, by the way. It's a Martin Scorsese film. Um, and uh, just recommend it. And he's like, and I learned how to do this and blah, blah, blah. I learned how to cra- make woodwork and I learned how to craft, yeah. you know, this, this rocking chair or whatever. And then it cuts to an episode of what I can only assume is fucking Cribs or something or... Uh, you know, 20 seconds or 20 questions with something or other. And it's a camera on Emma Stone. And one of the questions is, what's the best gift you've ever been given? And she says almost sardonically, like she's quite, she's quite melancholy about it. She says a handmade rocking chair. And you're like, oh, oh, she meant, he meant it. He meant it right. Yeah. She loves it. She still loves it. Ah! Like, <laughs> it gives you so much fucking joy, you know? But I just, all I'm saying is, they should be back on screen together. She did three movies or something with fucking Ryan Goss. She can do another one with Andy. Yeah. And those two are the heart of, of, of this duology of films. It, the film, these films work so mostly. And this, this relationship that we, that, that we so, so truly love is because we feel that we, we feel that, that weird love where you, where you want to say it, but you can't say it because it's it's kind of weird because you because you're not been going out that much. But also, do you really mean it? It it just fucking works, man. And it's so, like it's the way tragic. Young, young, it's very tragic, and it's also the way that young love is, which is fucking all or nothing. Like when you get, <laughs> yes. get older, you become you know wiser, and you understand that. You are going to get your heart broken or break a lot of hearts before you get to either the person that you spend the rest of your life with or nobody. And it's, it doesn't matter either way, but there is going to be a period in your life where you get hurt and it's usually around then because you are so invested. Every fucking person I was with in high school, they were going to be, they were going to marry and have kids and dogs and puppies and just live forever happy ever after because that's... That's the that's the iconography that's around us. That's that is what we assume is going to happen. And when you're young, even if your parents aren't a great representation of that, media is things like this. In this movie, these two people are 17 years old. There is no way in 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 reality that they would probably end up together considering the amount of stress that is on this relationship. And it shows in what we'll talk about next episode um into the Spider-Verse where the the older Peter is not with Mary Jane anymore, um, because it didn't it couldn't work, you know, for for the same reasons that it doesn't work when you're a teenager, but you're all full of fucking hormones and optimism. I love that, you know, we are we are in in the first Amazing Spider-Man film. We are 
in this relationship and this and we can go from conversations like uh peter asking uh gwen that you don't really believe what the news is saying about me do you mm. and she's like of course not i know you and then to to immediately to immediately go and peter say that i like kissing you and gwen says i like kissing you too it's it's it, these two conversations are from two very different worlds but it sells because because we invested in these two and it I'm going to do this a lot this episode where I'm going to say things that I like and then I'm going to say it breaks my heart mm. because it really does and we we get into because most of it is in the second one but yeah um you go on now it's some black <laughs> the, the the tragedy is is that we all know how it ends um if you're a fan of the comics you know where like how the the ultimate end of Gwen Stacy if you've seen these movies um and even though um, Amazing Spider-Man 2 does finish quite well in that Gwen passes, Peter grieves, figures out that she, out of anyone, would want him to keep going. Um, and then him just saddling up and, and putting... I love the fact that that ends before the fight starts. People complain about it all the time. Oh, I want to see the fight with fucking Rhino. Why? Uh-huh. Like, you can make that up in your head. Get like, your own goddamn podcast. Yeah, get your own damn podcast. Yeah, get your own damn Spider-Man movie, motherfucks him like flipping towards that ridiculous mech rhino which i'm convinced is a joke um and and knocking those missiles out the way and swinging the fucking uh uh um sewer great thing at the head and then it cuts to black with that amazing hans zimmer score the big score and then the just the spider-man symbol it's like that's a really good end to a series i know they were trying to set up the sinister six and whatever Spider-Man 3 would have been for them, I guess maybe introduce Venom as opposed to doing the the Tom Hardy thing. But as those two movies can stand by themselves and they're totally fine. Just don't watch the end credits sequence thing. Yeah, and also there was, like, people complain a lot about The Amazing Spider-Man 2 setting up the Sinister Six and all that. There was one scene. It lasts for maximum of 20 seconds. One scene. Mm. Shut the fuck up, please. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Please get your own damn podcast. Um, yeah, I, I never understood what the beef around it was either. It's perfectly normal for that period of time. Iron Man came out in 2007, 2008. We've been doing this shit. Why are you so surprised? Yeah. And we'll get into it um, shortly. We'll get into the second film because there's some there's some particulars around that. But um, I don't really understand why it's so fucking malign. Like, why does everybody have such a huge problem with that movie? I, I'm... I am guilty of like dismissing these movies, honestly, because I just, I don't know. I think honestly, it was probably just media, like pressure from other people. Just think, thinking like, oh, everyone thinks they're shit. They must be, you know, that second one's so bogged down and overloaded and silly or, or it's this or it's that, it's whatever. And then I, you know, you rewatch them and you're like, hang on a fucking second. These are actually really well constructed and, you know, they have interesting arcs. There's some threads that don't fit together, but that's any movie. But the first one, I think, is 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 a really great... It's a great three-act structure. And everyone's like... There was another complaint at the, at the end of um, uh, uh, Amazing Spider-Man. And this is going to be basically us defending the film. So if you don't like these yes, movies, maybe skip to... We are, we are at, at war with you. Yeah. Well, not, if you not don't so like this that, film. but just like, obviously, we're of a different opinion. And if, we're, if this is irritating you, stop listening. And we'll, we pop in next week when we talk about um spider-verse or something like that this is this is what we're talking about now 
that first film has really great structure it sets everything up it is a tr- an origin story in a way that the first film absolutely is not because you get more of the the arc of peter um you know the spider-man arc in 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 sam raimi's original film the trilogy is the entirety of the arc whereas this is the 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 film that you get with with um andrew garfield is is is, you know it's all origin um this intro film he's not really 100 percent spider-man until the beginning of the second movie when he's got the og costume as opposed to what i think is a really cool redesign of that in the first film oh yeah like and, and the brush by it also, they don't, they don't acknowledge that he changed it. It's just there. It's just like, hey, here we go. You know, I think the pageantry of it and he, you know, he's not trying to be as um, sort of clandestine or sleek, um, which is really interesting as well. Like what, what decisions do you make around the kind of statement that you're making? He becomes New York's hero. Uh, so he does have to be more iconic. Um but the, the, the third act of Amazing Spider-Man 1 where he's been shot and then he's been able to convince the wonderful... Um, uh, 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 Captain Spacey? Yeah, Dennis. No, not Dennis. What's his name? Not De- I, knew I said don't De- know. What's it, Dennis Miller? Hang on one second. His name is... Oh, this is what we need to research. Everybody go on hold everybody's on hold while I look for stuff. Dennis Leary, stand-up comedian, Dennis Leary. He's, who's really great in this as Captain Stacy. Um, he said, you know, Gwen's there. Let me help save her. And he can't, he can't swing properly because he doesn't have the, his legs and he doesn't have the cavern because that's always the thing with Spider-Man. It's like, you need to introduce threats. Like, your web shoot is possibly running out because you don't have enough or, and they get broken at the end, the final fight, the lizard smashes them and then is holding Andrew Garfield. Who's had his ass whooped there via the tail. You know, it's, there's a real threat there, but having the crane arms come out, that sequence of him swinging is fucking spectacular. Like it looks so good. It's really well choreographed thematically. It works well. Like, he is completely unconvinced of his ability to do this, uh, to be a hero. The entire film, he's, he doesn't know if he can do it. After he, But the people believe in him. But the people believe him. That guy's like, he saved my kid. I, I'm, I'm behind exactly. this Spider-Man, you know? It's a beautiful sentiment. It is. It's, it's so weird that, that Sony did cut off so much of this film. And yet they decided, to, they decided not to cut that one scene that, that would go on and make this where this scene wasn't supposed to be there. The the whole crane scene no. wasn't supposed to be there. And with that would have come challenges to how he gets to Oscar, but that would have been solved anyway, because he has to get to Oscar because the third act needs to happen. But if that wouldn't have happened, he would have still been Spider-Man because of that moment that he saves that man's kid. And it's, it's, he's, these things they line up and it, it works very very well, and I, I want to I want to take this time to defend the lizard. I know people give a lot of a lot of shit about this these movies anyway, but the lizard especially. Uh, the lizard is my favorite Spider-Man villain because of this movie, and because of uh rice ifans I'm, I'm sorry if i'm butchering the name i think it's reese reese of fans um but that's, Fans. Sorry. that's my wife <laughs> pronunciation if i got it wrong i apologize yeah and 
it's it's not a sinister plan. It's not that he wants to rule the world. All he wants is to be complete. His whole life, he's been incomplete. His one dream is to help people who feel the same way, and to and to enhance this human species, to be the best of themselves. It's kind of the same as Spider Man, mm. but but with his dream being one injection away, he he takes he takes it and he and he his humanity deteriorates. Like at the end of the third act when Peter's hanging and is almost dead because he'll fall down from Oscorp, it's, and he, and when Dr. Connors pulls him up, he tries to pull him up with his artificial hand that comes out, but he can't cause it's, cause it's Sorry. going away. It's I, fading away. Yeah. And his human, his, his, his arm that was with him all his life, that arm that, that represents humanity at this point saves Peter Parker. Mm. And it's, I don't, I don't get why people would not, I don't get why people would not just, just like understand that. Like it's, it's so much of, of all that we said is just right there. If you just look at it, like, you know, when people say read between the lines, this is the film where you have to read between the lines. Mm. Cause it's, it's, it's about Spider-Man. Yes. But it's also like you go and watch a Spider-Man film. Yes, but the selling point of the Spider-Man film is that you go buy a ticket in a Spider-Man film and you see a Peter Parker story. That's how we trick you. And it's the same reason why I love Man of Steel is because it, it focuses on the man that be then becomes this, this icon of hope, sorry, this beacon of hope. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with Spider-Man. And, and it, it's the first film in... I want to say first time, but it's the first time that we've actually experienced with Peter that it, that anything he does will kind of always end up breaking his heart. But he, but at the end of this film, he says, "Fuck it, I I I love Gwen and I'll be with her and fuck the promise that I made made with Captain Stacy," and that leads us into the second one perfectly. Mm. But you go on third act of uh, The Amazing Spider-Man, then we go into part two. Yeah, well, I mean, you kind of made my point. I was going to talk about the lizard. And I uh, I also, I, just to, to speak about um, Peter at the end of this film being like, you know, don't make promises you can't keep. Well, they're the best kind. Like, he's young. He's impulsive. He's in love. Like, he's got these powers. It's really confusing. And you're right about the, the Man of Steel correlation I do think that The Amazing Spider-Man is a better film than Man of Steel, but uh, just in terms of how it handles the character and characterization in, in particular, you can make every single, like whatever spectacle you want these days, there, the, the, there is absolutely no limit to what you can achieve. If you can think it in your head, you can achieve it on screen. We are bound by nothing. If you don't have solid characterizations and motivations, like if they don't have wants and needs and why nows, then you're fucking whatever you're doing is going to be devoid of emotional impact. And that's okay. Things can be completely empty if you want. Empty spectacle can be fun sometimes. A little bit of take like I wasn't super invested in all the characters in Maverick, you know, but it looked great. It was a popcorn flick. It had me on the edge of my seat. Beautiful. You know, that's that's all I ask. 
these characters are complex. Stan Lee wrote them to be complex. Steve Ditko wrote them to be complex. You know, Peter Parker is is a very troubled character. The lizard is interesting as well. All of the, I mean, uh, most of Spider-Man's um, bad guys that he encounters are scientists who've fucked up, which is interesting. It's like, this is what I'm trying to achieve. Oh no, I fucked up, I'm a lizard. Oh no, it fucked up, I'm a goblin man person. Oh shit, I've got octopus legs. Oh, oh no, I'm made out of water or sand or fucking venom or whatever you want. I think maybe the, the scientific community in New York needs a little bit more oversight is the point I'm trying to make. Yes. But <laughs> we need to get some people in there going, hang on a second, that test tube doesn't go there and that doesn't go there and stop injecting yourself with green shit, all right? Okay, I know you I know you don't have an arm, but we've got robotics. We've got a whole robotics division. Let's get you a robot arm, buddy, and then you can But then that's going to go crazy as well and then he'll be robot yeah. arm man and he'll be crushing people with these you know their turkey necks. Yeah. I, I think the the lizard's an interesting case and and a very what I'm assuming is inebriated, but maybe just jet lagged and very tired. Risa Farns was on the panel. You know the clip that you sent me earlier of Ralph Garman, the 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 guy from the Hollywood Babylon podcast, doing the panel at Comic Con for Amazing Spider Man, and there's there's Andrew Garfield in the crowd. Andrew Garfield, yeah, just you know, really cute and sweet or whatever. At that panel, um, Risa Farns was there, and and uh, Ralph Garman was asking him, you know, how do you make a monster? sort of likable and he's this isn't verbatim or anything but he basically said i tried to find the monster in 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 people you know like how do you how does how do you see how does the monster see you how do you see the monster like we all have ids you know we all have that drive to be better and 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 at what cost you know how far do you push yourself i understand that and and you know not to to be a dick or anything but you know, I, I work out a lot. I do heavy weightlifting. It's, it's you know, part of my, my daily regime. Sometimes you go too far. You get too strong. You get too cocky. You want to get somewhere too fast. You know, the, the, the advice is always, you know, you can burn yourself out. And it's absolutely true if you're trying to achieve anything. Same with writing. I'm like, okay, I need to dedicate at least a, an entire full day to writing every week. The amount of times that I get to that day and can't do it because of whatever reason because you just sit down and you end up spinning your wheels. I can understand the the, the lizard in that respect because he do, he is has this uh, 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 um, you know uh, difference. He's differently abled. I'm sorry, I was trying to find the right term then without you know saying the wrong thing. Uh, don't want to. I didn't want to offend anybody. Um, but yeah, he's differently abled. He's missing this arm. He wants to 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 uh, be the best version of himself, and he thinks that this is the answer. And he's not one hundred percent wrong. Like delving into you know genetic alterations and things like that is absolutely a, a way to go. And this science isn't completely unfounded either. Talking about stem cells and whatnot, and growing an arm is one thing, but you know much more science fiction than reality. But there's still a basis there for a person to want to do that. The thing that Risa Farns uh, gets right is that the corruption of that is that he would then be like, oh, well, this is how everyone should be. I'm completely impervious to harm. I'm super strong, but the longevity of my of my life, you know, I, I am cold blooded, so I'm, I don't require heat. So there we've got, you know, you completely cancel out any need for um, fossil fuels if everybody's cold-blooded you don't need to warm anything anymore like it's there are benefits there the same way that thanos's snap is like gonna 
yeah, okay, there's it's pretty horrible, genocidal, and he's a madman and all that stuff, but there's fucking whales in Hudson Bay. That kind of idea. The the design of the of the character as well is really interesting because in the comics he's like got orange, you know, purple pants and a and a lab coat that's all ripped, and he's got a very like pronounced uh uh, uh Yeah. Like, yeah, like a dinosaur kind of look. And yeah. Like, oh, well, it's stupid. It looks like a Cooper Trooper from Mario Brothers. Yeah, but what's the alternative? That he looks like a raptor that can talk? Seriously, what's weirder? Yeah. To have him be more human in the face or less human in the face? Because I make the, the argument that if he looked more like a dinosaur, it'd be fucking weirder than if he was just like kind of scaly and lizard-eyed. And look, <clears throat> that fight in the school is one of the most baller-ass Spider-Man fights you'll ever see. Like, it is fucking great. The silent bit with Stan, that one oh, shot. That's, that's the best Stanley cameo ever, dude. It is, it is. That's hands down the best one. Take the prize away, get your own podcast. That is just, it's top shelf. And, like, the way that he kind of finally gets that and the leg, the, the limb comes off and he's like, ugh, gross. And then he whips him all up. He does all that stuff, whip, whip, and then crawls around him like a spot. I'm doing the movements. If you can hear movements, yeah. I'm doing them. I'll do some video. Um, he like crawls around him like a spider and webs him all up. And then he grabs Gwen, uh, sorry, grabs Gwen, throws the trophy, smashes the window, swips one out and goes, I'm going to throw you out the window now. She's like, what? And he pitches her out and it's just, the timing is spectacular. The editing in this film is right on. Um, it's really, re- really well cut. The pace is, is is really sharp, even though it is a little bit longer. Um, and also, I, I don't know what my point was. The third act is 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 pretty remarkable. Like losing not only Uncle Ben, the wonderful um, uh, Martin Sheen, by the way. Martin Sheen. Revealed. I mean, forget about it. They have so much chemistry together. Where he comes in, and he's like getting all the food out and he's like you know this is the this is the best meatloaf this is the king of all meatloafs and he's it like, beats all meatloafs yeah he's like i know it's i know there's something wrong he likes your meatloaf and then she he goes upstairs and Sarahfield <laughs> goes why didn't you tell me you didn't like my meatloaf i've been making your meatloaf for 30 years motherfuck like it's just those little tiny bits of of you get oh, actors in there, and I know Sally Field didn't really like doing this movie. She did it because Laura Ziskin was her producing partner, and they knew that this was going to be her last picture because Laura Ziskin had cancer. And I've watched the the behind the scenes um, making of this film. Laura Ziskin's incredibly passionate, very driven director, a uh, uh, producer rather, really cared about this movie. Um, and and you know Sally Field came along to, to to make it with her friend. She believed in her friend, not necessarily the project, and that's totally fine. But she's a great actress, really good pedigree in in um, uh, Uncle Ben and Aunt May, and the director as well, Mark Webb. Like say what you want about it, I don't know. Is he a better director than Sam Raimi? Probably not. Um, you know, is he a better director than John Watts? Probably not. He gives a shit. He gives a shit. Like he really, yeah, he's, yeah. He really cares about the character, number one. And you can tell that because he comes from indie storytelling. He didn't come from, you know, like Sam Raimi's a really good filmmaker, but he came from like horror and thriller genres where it's not like, I'm just saying that the character is a little bit more well-drawn than fucking the guy from yeah. the Dead, you know? Um, but again, I'm, yeah. 
Yeah, tr- try not to compare people in that respect, but I do. I do think it's like, people go, oh, "Yeah, Mark Webb, what the fuck ever." Two shitty movies. I think you're wrong. I think he. I think he had a lot to say. I think he was trying to do something different, um, as well. Like you've got to give him for props for swinging. And to, if we want to get into just chatting about the sequel really quickly, um, that that movie came out really quick. I think yeah, was, 2014 it was out. Yeah, there was a lot of pressure. I think that maybe they pulled the trigger on a few ideas that didn't fully sort of Double blossom. Um, and yeah. that's obvious in, like I said, the deleted scene where, because the movies, both movies are bookended with scenes with um, uh, uh, Peter's parents who are whistleblowers, basically. In the comics, they're spies, which is interesting. But in this, they're, they're whistleblowers and he comes back, you know, in this deleted scene. And there's a, if you get a chance, go on YouTube and find it because it's a wonderful Andrew Garfield performance of his dad, you know, returning into his life. Just incredible. And yeah, as I said, um, Shailene Woodley from the Divergent series was cast and did shoot scenes as Mary Jane. There aren't actually any deleted scenes, but there is some behind the scenes stuff of her on set. Um, yeah, I just think they kind of had too many balls in the air while trying to set up the Sinister Six with Drew... Um, Goddard and 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 then also thinking about Venom, I, I think it was it was um, uh, wounded by the fact that they were trying to marvelize this. They were trying to give it an MCU yeah. universe very much. Um, the way that they are now doing that with, with the the Venom side, like Venom comes out and then Morbius, and then we've got um, you know Craven coming out, and all the while Spider Man is kind Craven of Craven the Vegetarian, by the way. Craven the Vegetarian. I'm behind that. And fuck all your. No, you're not. I am. No, you're not. You I fucking am. told me you're not. No, I am absolutely. I am absolutely. I don't care. It would make it makes much more sense in 2022 to make Craven a a um, animal rights activist than it does uh, like some big game hunter. If you're making a hero movie, if it's going to be an anti-hero movie, it makes absolutely more sense to that. If you want to have him be in the Spider-Man movie as a villain, then he should have been in No Way Home hunting Spider-Man and hunting fucking elk and deer and whatever else they've got in New York. I don't know. Fucking huge lizard people. I don't give a shit. But if making a standalone hero movie, he can just change the name of the movie to Vegan the Hunter. <laughs> Vegan the Hunter. That's a guy going out there searching for carrots. Um... But anyway, so you know they're trying to do that. They were trying to do that with this with this universe, and it didn't take off. And Andrew Garfield was pretty vocal about how difficult it was making this last film. And there is there's some cracks there. You can certainly see it. Um, you know, he's trying to set things up. You know, having Felicia Hardy in there and and Alistair Smythe and all these balls in the air for the next movie to catch that that never actually transpired. But in terms of you know, like I said, the Spider Manning at the the intro. Um, the fight scene in Times Square. Jamie Foxx as Electro, another character that's hard to do. Like they'd kind of, they'd done all the best. They'd gone through these. The, that they had, yeah. yeah. I mean, the only one they hadn't gotten to was Vulture, which was, you know, ended up being in Homecoming. But you can see them kind of going, ah, oh, fuck. Who's and he was he was there in the in the scene where they walk through and there's the octopus arms and then there's the Venom symbiote. Yeah. And then there's the Vulture suit. I just... This is this is where my heart breaks a lot. The second film, because because and, it, it it didn't execute, or because it didn't get to do to to continue on and have a wrap up in a sequel. Because we just kind of assume that everything needs to have three now. The rule, yeah, is, you know, three three sequels. I mean, which is ridiculous because a lot of movies don't do that. A lot of movies have four, five, six, seven, eight sequels, whatever. But you know, you've got your 
Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, which has more now as well, but um, uh, uh, Lord of the Rings. They, they, things come in threes. Successful things come in threes. There's three Iron Man. Well, the, the plan with the writers and everything was a five-film a five arc. Is that there right? Were supposed to be, there were supposed to be five films, and then from those films, there were supposed to be spin-offs like Venom and whatever, which they're kind of doing now. But um, yeah, so so now we're we're heading towards theming Spider-Man too. It's like I said, it breaks my heart because a there's a there's a lot of foreshadowing with what happens with Gwen that I'll get into, mm. uh, but also that there's about a, there's about an hour of deleted scenes in this film that break my heart. Mm. Especially, especially the one that we talked about, which, if if that would have stayed in the film, because it ends with Richard Parker saying, "With great power comes great responsibility," it ends with that, and I and like it was twenty fourteen, and like superhero films were not taken as as seriously as they are now, where everyone's so so critical about them, that even a superhero film needs to have an Oscar worthy performance. That six minute scene would have gotten, would have been the first one to show that, yeah, these, these are superhero films, but these are also films, films about character and uh, about grief. And it's, it's, it's Peter Parker holding his father like that. And he's like, who are you? Why are you here? Yeah. And, and he, he's screaming, where have you been? And uh, he's screaming and then his, his screams turn into cries and then he hugs him and it's, it's like I said, it's heartbreaking. It's a lot of missed opportunity, <clears throat> even though, like I said, there's some really interesting stuff going on in that film. And the death of Gwen is is what what could have been, you know, kidnap bait. Um, absolutely, the way that Mary Jane is in those original Raimi pictures. Like I said last week, when Gwen turns up to to the power plant to help Spider-Man fight Electro. And he says, what are you doing here? You can't be here. And she's like, hey, motherfucker, I make my own decisions. Who do you think you're talking to? I'm going to help you stop this guy because it's the right thing to do. She did the same in the first film. He's like, get out of that building. Get out of the building. She's like, no, I'm going to wait until this, this queue is ready. If she doesn't do that, um, the lizard wins. Everybody in New York, New York gets turned into a fucking lizard person. Um, yep. She's absolutely has agency. And the fact that she dies is tragic, not only for Peter, but for, for the audience as well. We now lose a hero. Um, and the, you know, you, you can, whatever. If you want to be, if you think it's too sentimental or too soft or whatever, um, of him standing in that, that, uh, uh, um, cemetery over a period of months you know it's five months or something you know he's gone different seasons past and all that stuff if you think that's soft and sentimental and not spider-man or whatever you haven't lost anyone yeah you've never you've never had your heart broken by grief um you know it's like what i you know i said to you uh recently about it it's you know grief is somehow purging fire to, 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 to get you through it. You know, un, un, unspoken of love is, is, is grief with nowhere to go. I'm um, sorry. Grief is, is love with nowhere to go. 
and there's nothing romantic about it at all. That's absolutely true. And that's what he's dealing with. He's lost the reason he was fighting. And he has to regain that by saying, it's not about me. If like, I don't care what type of movie you're making, whether it's got fucking dudes in Spider-Man outfits or not, they are powerful human themes. And I'll, and I, yeah, it's, there's, there's no way around it. That is an interesting, interesting thing to look into uh, about how people handle loss. Whether yeah, it's fighting the Green Goblin or not. Dane DeHaan. Yes. Do you ever think Does that... anyone's name sound more like the start of a song? You know? Dane DeHaan. Nah, 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 nah. Like, it sounds like you're about to burst into song. <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah. DeHaan. Nah, nah, nah. Anyway, so... Do you ever think that they casted Dane DeHaan only because he has those pointy ears that look like a goblin? The dude, the dude is fourteen percent goblin already. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like there is goblin in his background. There is goblinitis I, I, <clears throat> somewhere in there. Um, no, I think they cast him because he was he's quite good. He's he's a uh, an interesting young actor in the sense that he's not traditionally good looking. He kind of looks like what Brad Pitt looked like when Brad Pitt was young, but without the Hollywood. I'm serious. He looks like a a, a, a weedier Brad Pitt when Brad Pitt first started acting in Cool World and stuff. <clears throat> He's got a great intensity. He was in a really good film um, called... Ah, uh, uh, fuck, what was it? Place Beyond the Pines. Um, it was also in Chronicle, if I'm not wrong. Which is another superhero film. Yeah, yeah, he was in Chronicle, yeah. And, and that was, you know, a great yeah. performance. He's he's really good. I I, th- I think the Goblin design's a bit strange at the in the back end of that movie and it's, you know, the, the suit kind of, the mechanics around it's, the suit. It's, it's half mechanic, half kind of like um, made through tape and cardboard thing. But it kind of works because it's also not a fully developed Goblin at this point. He's also just getting into that whole, this is where I fit now. This is, this is my responsibility and now, but well, not responsibility, but this is, this is how I'm alive. And I, I like the fact that he, if he doesn't make it to the suit, he dies. So as soon as he gets into the suit, he's like, he's changing and everything mm. because of what's inside his body now. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, what I wanted to point out was that, uh, this film, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, starts with with us, the audience, inside Jacob Parker's watch. It's the mechanics of the clock moving. So cool. What the fuck, man? Yeah. For sure. I wasn't pre- <laughs> like, I watched this movie about 20 times now. And the, like, Is the last what? time I watched... No. Of course not. I'd have tip it that it'd be way more than 20. I've seen it 20 times at least. Yeah, I mean, 20 times through and through, oh. like, actually. But, yeah, like, it starts with that. And, like, the last few watches, I was like, they really fucking started hinting on Gwen's death since the first scene. <laughs> like... For fuck's sake, man. And then her speech. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, the whole thing that... is about fucking 
do do what you can while you're here and appreciate it and all that stuff because later on we're going to get flattened in a bell tower or whatever the fuck it is. Ouch. Yeah. Hey, man, it's really brutal. I mean, let's talk about it. That scene, because you expect her to get saved. To be saved, yeah. You don't know any better. You absolutely expect him to save her. And when she hits that ground with that thwap and then he drops down next to her, and the blood comes out of her nose and he loses his fucking mind because he was actually in love with the person at the time, Andrew Garfield. I defy you. So that's, I mean, that's that's up there with, with you know, Wolverine. Yeah. Logan, you know, or Wolverine at the end of X-Men, you know, or X-Men 2, the end of X-Men 2 where um, Jean has, has, has died uh, in in the she's like held the water back until the ship could take off and then it's collapsed over the top of her before she becomes Phoenix, and and Cyclops is trying to get out and Wolverine's holding him and she's just like she's gone she's gone and they just fall apart on each other these two guys who've been fighting over this woman for ages powerful shit man I don't care if bones or claws are popping out of people or laser beams or whipping webs these are real human issues and it's why this stuff stands the test of time we are currently in our third iteration of spider-man in 25 years because people keep coming back to it you know it's it's very true and you know what it's the coincidence it's the first time i ever remember crying because of something that that i saw in a film yeah and it's I know we skipped right through the end for the Amazing Spider-Man 2, but it's it's something that needs to be talked about because it's you don't you don't get that in the Raimi trilogy, and you certainly don't get that in the MCU. Kind of no with Mace Death, but No Way Hum does yeah does a good job of of um <clears throat> excuse me in terms of the Spider-Man of it all. Um, Aunt May's death, Marissa Tomei's death is pretty strong in that in that she's trying to hold on long enough to tell peter to hold on and then she dies like that's pretty horrible and you know it maybe if you don't have the previous 10 years of, of of character development in your head when you watch endgame it doesn't work but tony dying is pretty powerful at the end of that yeah. and 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 cap getting his happy ending is pretty powerful at that as well i think they're going to be chasing those feelings a lot i don't know when they're but that's that's yeah Absolutely, but that that is the tragedy of Spider Man, isn't it? It's everything he loves just just goes bad. Yeah, he loses. It's one of the things about him that's so interesting is that he's young and he makes mistakes, and he's even when he's a seasoned crime fighter, he's still a human. He's still very susceptible to influence. He he ends up being friends with most of the villains before they come become villains. You know he. The people he cares about dies. He gets things taken away from him, and yet he keeps getting up. You know, he keeps getting up to fight again and to fight again because that's what a hero does. You know, it's not it, like I said before; it's not about him. Um, it's about that little kid in the street. You know, and I'm not saying he's he's children are the reason you should be a superhero because no, that's not the case. But just not. just meaning that kid is the embodiment of well, you if you can be strong of what's yeah, you know, and of I'm, what Spider Man represents. Yeah, Spider-Man represents the ability to for all of us to make the right choice when when we're tested. Um, and I know 
as a, as a, a lifelong comic book fan, um, I used to get shit in in primary school and high school for liking superhero stuff and comics and reading comics and you know used to get bullied for it and oh it's fucking kid shit i'm like well i'm a kid what do you i don't i'm not i don't know what the argument is here so i'm 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 very loud about it now i i I love comics and you know people who don't get it that's that's fine but if you you can't look at these themes and look at the emotions that are being displayed here in comic book form or in movies or in animation like you know multiverse uh sorry um spider-verse like we're going to talk about in the next episode you can't tell me that these things aren't real that these emotions that these feelings that these characters aren't relatable um because it's just not true and i think you it's really narrow-minded to think that you're somehow better than this material because you're not you just it's just not for you and that's totally fine but don't do that and then go and watch fucking you know some tv show that's super stranger things or whatever and 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 and, and talk about there being a difference because there's not there really isn't yeah get your own podcast absolutely yeah yeah get your own podcast um i absolutely agree though um there's a theme in the second one also the second amazing spider-man film is a huge step up in just in scale and cinematography and just how it looks mm. because and i think most i think the biggest reason why people didn't like it is because they expected a more darker take on Spider-Man again, because we'd already got that with the Amazing Spider-Man, but it wasn't. Like, we had the origin story that was dark and gritty, but gritty with air quotes. But this is this is an amazing second swing. It's, I, I, love, I love that you pointed out that both the Amazing Spider-Man films and with what's sort of like a comic book ending where yeah, it's Spider-Man soaring through the, the skyline of New York. It's 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 heroic and it's it's hopeful. Mm. And it for me, it kind of doesn't and does work in this one. Like I, I go back and forth on how I feel because it's also in the fucking trailer. Like I was so hyped for that trailer because oh shit, that's him like almost flying with the sewer covered trying to hit Rhino. Mm. And it's 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 teased in the in the trailer, and then it's it's a stupid decision to put that there, because it's a teaser for so whatever is to come. But it's also a very comic book style ending where yeah, things happen, hearts break, but we do go on. We have to move on so that so that we don't lose hope. And it's it's hopeful in ways that you won't even imagine. Mm. And I w- I would love to say that. Sony forced that on the writers that we can't we can't end it on just Gwen dying and Peter not hopeful. I would love to say that that Mark Webb fought for it, but no, they they all felt that we can't end it there. We can't end with Spider Man not hopeful. And I don't know what the plans were for whatever, and I don't know if they were planning to to elaborate on Peter not being hopeful, but also being the best Spider-Man he's also been because of Gwen's death. But but it seems like what we got into, what we got in uh, No Way Home, he kind of went down the route. And he was, it, it was like a warm hug. I just, we will get to that when we do the, when we do No Way Home. But yeah, it's, um, so yeah, sorry. Just going no, back to the team. 
I, I, I think you're right. No Way Home gives us an idea of, you know, what what Peter would have dealt with. And he, he says it. He's like, it became rageful. You know, I stopped pulling my punches. That's absolutely, why would he, you know, I don't have time for for a person. He went, when Toby's like, do you have someone? And he's like, nah, I have time for that. I'm, I'm Spider-Man 24 seven because that's, that's what I have. You know, I've got to, I've got to make up for Gwen's death basically. And then when he saves Mary Jane, he forgives himself. He gets an arc in that film and he's in it for the third act. Pretty, pretty incredible. They pulled that off. But the, as far as the, 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 you were saying, you know, tonally they, they shift. Amazing Spider-Man is Batman Returns and Amazing Spider-Man The Rise of Electro is Batman Forever. They're, they live in the same universe, but they They're have- completely they visual tones. Different. They feel different and that's yeah. okay. Batman Returns is amazing and Batman Forever is kind of amazing too. That film's aged better than you think it has. It's the Batman and Robin that everybody doesn't like, but they get the, Batman Forever gets lumped in with it, but I'm a huge- um, uh, 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 advocate for that film apart from the really weird the super the super super weird plot hole at the end of that it's just it's bizarre is it the one where batman has a business card is that no, batman and robin batman and robin with george clooney as the business card and you just forget that one but oh, okay. batman forever is actually like a really good film and it's 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 quirky and it's different and it's got really good structure and it's it looks really slick and Haval Kilmer's actually fucking awesome, you know, really cool. But the back the end of it's strange in that. Okay, so Robin, I know this isn't Spider Man, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna get into it. In that film, Chris O'Donnell, who's forty five years old, over the fuck, is playing Robin, right? And in the the throughout the film he's like constantly trying to get Val Kilmer's Batman to like take me in I want to be your partner like what can I be called I mean Nightwing you know Bat Batmite Batwing whatever the fuck it is take me on he's like no I'm not going to do it because all you want to do is kill Harvey all you want to do is kill Two-Face I'm not going to do it blah 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 and eventually you know the Riddler comes he attacks uh, 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 you know blows up the Batcave kidnaps Chase Meridian and then takes her off to Riddler's Island where he's got all these traps set up and bloody fucking blah and Batman turns up to the Batcave and there's Chris O'Donnell dressed in a Robin outfit that fucking Alfred sewed for him with nipples and a huge codpiece. And he's like, okay, I guess we're partners, you know, and they shake hands and then they fly off, right? Batman's in a plane, Robin's in a boat and, and, and they're doing like the bombs are going off and all that stuff. And then, you know, the plane gets shot down and, you know, the boat gets blown up and they rescue each other and blah, blah, blah. blah and they make it up to the to the island thing and then you know things go awry and robin gets captured okay well they both get captured and and, and robin in particular and and the riddler has set up you know this this choice this horrible choice that batman has to make you either save your girlfriend chase meridian and she's in this cylinder thing or you save your 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 partner the 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 uh batman's boy wonder robin he's in this one over here and you know below them is a huge big drop. And if they fall, they'll die on the rocks below, whatever. He's like, you know, you have to choose. Is it your, you know, the woman you love or Batman's junior partner? At no fucking point in that movie does either of the villains know who Robin is. 
Robin has never been introduced until the third act of that film. They don't even know, even if they were to surmise the Batman, which they do, surmise the Batman is Bruce Wayne, they figure that out. Even if they were to go, he's got a, a, a you know twenty-something-year-old boy living with him as a ward. They would not make. They would not know that he would turn up in costume as a guy, as a person called Robin. Like, it's just fucking, it's the hugest plot hole. And I never figured it out until really, like, fairly recently when I was doing rewatch for the the um, the um Batman Returns episode of The Stitch Up that I did at the end of last year, when it came out at the beginning of this year. I rewatched them all. And I'm like, hang on a second. When the fuck did the Riddler find out that Batman had a sidekick? And he doesn't. But he's totally prepared for it. I'm fine with like comic book logic working in things, but you have to connect shit. Just have one scene where you know they've they've put up a you know in the they've blown up the Batcave and the Riddler puts up a little monitoring device or something. And goes, hang on a second, he's got a he's got a partner. We need to get prepared. Or whatever. Anyway, that's my rant. Enjoy it. What I want to hey, talk but- about is yeah, it was a fucking. I really went crazy then for a second because every time I think about it, I'm just like, as a screenwriter, that if I stumbled along that, I remember I was writing a, a, a screenplay um, last year with my writing partner, Ben. We were doing an adaptation of The Phantom and at the end of it, I discovered this massive plot hole in that I hadn't introduced the son of the character to the villains for them to understand that there was this lineage and it was about the this ring thing and all, all this stuff, like this huge big piece of the story that happens at the end would only have happened if you the, the bad guys know that the Phantom has a son. I'm like, oh, fuck. I've got to go back and insert some information here. So I literally had to go back and put in an expositional scene where it's like he's got a he's got a son, you know, he's bred or whatever. Not that he's bred. He's, he's not a piece of bread. He's not like a nice sourdough. He's, he had a child. But yeah, you do. You think about it. It's just like that. It blows my mind. Anyway, I get that. Like, like I, I had a scene where where like a, a person gets gets shot, and it's it's all there. And we shot it, and we go back to the script and it says it, the the person doesn't hear the shot, but he's shot because the gun has a silencer on it. And we edited it with like like fucking sounds with like gunshots and everything. I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> You're like, oh man, we missed the whole point. Yeah, I mean, sometimes yeah. you make mistakes, and sometimes you make mistakes. You know what I'm saying? Um, anyway, back to the Spider-Man. What yeah. I what, I'm, what I want to talk about um, just before we get into uh, uh, the questions um, is, d- what do you think the likelihood of? I mean, the hashtag um, ASM3 is pretty huge. I, I used it on the clip that I posted from Amazing Spider-Man 2 when I was at the Spider-Thon and it has been viewed more times than anything else I've done um, because I use that. Yeah, hashtag. they'll do that, yeah. It has been liked more times than I can count um, and I only notice this because Instagram tells me every time someone does it and it happens five times a day. So what do you think the likelihood is of it happening? Um, there's a question for you, Addy. Uh, yeah. what what would you like to see happen? And and give me a little bit of a, an idea of why you think Avia Rad is kind of semi-responsible for, for, for causing the downfall of what could have been this cinematic universe. So you want me to go into all that? Do, do Avi first. 
Because you've mentioned it and I, you, you were like, oh, we'll talk about it on the episode. You didn't explain it to me. And I know nothing. I'm, I'm interested because I know Arvi's, he, he's been a really strong proponent of, of the superhero genre all the way back to, you know, X-Men and Blade. Um, he is an important person in the Marvel entertainment landscape, but I know that he's also a businessman and a producer and kind of an egomaniac. And I want to know <clears throat> what, what, what that is to you. So answer that question first, and then we'll do the others. Yep. So before I answer all those questions, um, I want I want to point out one more last thing before we go into questions. Then. Yeah, sure. Um, there's a theme in the second Amazing Spider-Man film that's uh, that is called uh, that's the theme of everyone's life is that. Uh, we don't have enough time. It's the thing with Richard Parker that he doesn't have enough time to explain to Peter what's going on or to be with him. It's the thing with Peter Parker that the first time we see Spider-Man or Peter Parker, he's running late to his graduation. And it all comes down to he's, he's just a tad bit too late to save Gwen at the end. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's there and just... Gwen's line of we have to be greater than what we suffer just makes me tear up every time. Yeah. Because it's 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 what that it's what that brings him out of that. It's 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 that 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 it's it's her saying that that Peter realizes that I don't have to do this for myself, but I have to do it for her because she would have wanted this. Mm. Because because not anyone else, but, she, but her, but because of her belief that I could do it, now I have to. And there's no turning back. And it's it's that kid at the end that he inspired in in the opening minutes with hope that that goes in front of fucking Rhino with his with his mask on. It's 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 spectacular. And and that that opening scene and like we've said, there's there's no Spider Man. There's no Spider-Man film that does swinging as well as Mark Webb's swinging. Mm-hmm. It's it's a testament to mm. like in the first Spider-Man film they actually made the whole of New York, like like they had a they had a back lot and they made whatever they shot exterior. They they made that, and it's like the first time he actually swings. He says, "I'm swinging here. I'm swinging here." That's Andrew Garfield in the suit actually swinging through chains. It's it's not CG. It's just there. It's him, and I hate that it's the first and the last time we'll ever see Spider-Man really swing. Yeah, it was a lot of that film was done practically after watching the the making of the. They shot a lot of it on on actual sets and had actual stunts going on, and that sure. was the default. Now is absolutely do everything in CG. By the way, I'm swinging here. I'm swinging here. That that is a reference to the film Midnight Cowboy. Yeah. With uh, Dustin Hoffman, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Like fucking really good film. Only R-rated film to ever win Best Picture at the Academy Awards. There you go. I might Wait, no, to... really? Only X-rated film. I think it was or NC-17. Yeah, whatever think... the highest, whatever the highest unrated rating is for in the United States, um, because it was it's about male gigolos, like it's about male prostitutes. At the time, it was like, well, we can't give this an R rating. It's going to have to be. Whatever the next one is, X-rated. it might be NC seventeen or X rated, yeah, but not X as in like porno. It's not like that. But yeah. it's it's not the room. It's it's no the film. It's it's not a it's not a film about porn. Yes, let's face it, nothing's the room. Um, 
Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. And uh, for the better of the industry. Yes, absolutely. Jeez, I can't believe the guy's still making money off that. Um, and yeah, well, no, yeah, I, I completely agree with with, uh, with what you said there about um, about the, the the end of that picture. And, and I do think that the rhino costume, you know, Paul Giamatti's great. I do think that's a joke. I think the big mechanical rhino costume is like, look how silly this is. I think they're doing that on purpose, um, and just to be obscene and be like this is so bananas uh because what we're dealing with is so bananas but um let's just let's just quickly talk about rv i'm i'm tell me tell me what it is i need to know yeah well <clears throat> to the people who don't know rv Rad has been in the superhero business for a long time as you pointed out yeah um he's also a toy maker or a toy seller that's what he is and he that's makes money on yeah, he makes money off of Spider-Man toys. That's that's why in every Spider-Man film in the MCU, there has to be at least three Spider-Man suits because they have to sell toys. Well, fuck me. <clears throat> yeah. So if you don't know, and if you were kind of annoyed why Spider-Man has so many suits in the MCU, that's the reason. Oh, it keeps me up at night. <laughs> Fucking lying there, just staring at the ceiling, thinking about all the Spider-Man costumes. Going, why is there a black one? Why is there a blue one? Why is there a blue and black one? What the fuck is Night Monkey? All the time, <laughs> I'm on medication. It's clearly not working today. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, no, I I totally get that. Yeah. There is there, there's a, a, always a. George Lucas taught us one thing: it is that fucking licensing rights matter. Yeah. Um, so he was the executive producer in the Raimi films, right? And Spider-Man Three was was Avira's triumph, where he, where Sam Raimi wanted to do one villain and kind of go on in the psychology of Harry Osborn and the relationship between Harry and Peter without without all the Venom shit. But Aviar was like, we need Venom because people like Spider-Man and Venom. We need Sandman because people like Spider-Man and Sandman. And cut a bit of the, the Goblin there as well because Goblin has been Goblin forever. Mm-hmm. And it was because he was the president, I think he was... He was the president of Marvel back then. I think so. He was, and it was all under him. So he pressured Sam Raimi into bringing all those characters in it. And that film is the way it is because of him. That's 90% of his fault. But what's more, what's even more amazing is that with with all that, Sam Raimi was able to give Sandman an arc and was able to kind of give Harry Osborn a, a really good arc at the end where he dies. And Venom stays as goofy and fucked up as it is. Yeah. But, but that's Venom. Mm. And uh, unfortunately, that's what he did with The Amazing Spider-Man too. But... With Mark, with The Amazing Spider-Man 2, here's the thing. Sam Raimi, before, before Spider-Man 3, had made a couple of other films. The Amazing Spider-Man was Mark Webb's second film and the first ever big budget film he's ever done. Yeah. And uh, 
Sorry. Um, and the Amazing Spider-Man Two was the sec- was the third film he's ever done, and I've like you see the interviews and you see like the red carpets and especially for Spider-Man Two when people are people are like so they're like four to five villains in this film who's who's responsible for that? It's Aviraj Makwe. He's like that's all Avi. That's all Avi. It's you look at the guy's face and you know what he's planning and it's fucking disgusting yeah he's he's looking at well so that's that's a you kind of told me everything i need to know when you were like he he makes toys i was like oh i get it he's of course he would be pushing for and, and as much as i i said last week the third spider-man movie is different now it's time has passed enough that you can watch it ironically and it's kind of kind of funny and you know the goofiness that was that was in it was is now a little bit charming whereas that was after the first two you're like what the fuck is this it's completely off it's it's your batman and robin <laughs> you know, yeah it really is um that's exactly now, what i was gonna say yeah it has some charm to it to it now but yeah knowing that he is is that so so he's come in and, and done the same sort of thing with the amazing spider-man 2 and been yeah. like hey, you know we need a sinister six movie because i want to fucking make some cash money off these and and why he did that was because we need to compete with Marvel, and I hate that. I hate that mentality because it's it was <laughs> it's it's what broke down DC competing with Marvel, and I I hate that because we were kind of heading into a cinematic universe without actually showing that oh we have all these characters. Like you have Felicia Hardy in there. That's one of the best fucking easter eggs of all time because the people who don't know who black cat is not give a fuck about the name yeah. but the people who know who black cat is will be like holy shit yeah and it's that that's yeah we're not like hanging a hat on it it's just like here she is if you know who felicia hardy is then great if you Good don't you. you'll figure it out at some point and also uh that actress is is fantastic the british actress yeah would have been great do I have a crush on her because she looks like my fiance? Yes, I do. Um, it's neither here nor there, really. Do I have a crush on fucking Andrew Garfield because he's Andrew Garfield? Yes, I do. Yes, um, it's, you we know, was too. It's a good, yeah, it's a good looking movie. Fucking Jamie Foxx. It is a bunch of good looking people in that goddamn picture. And I don't care what Avi Arad says. He needs to make more toys without masks. <laughs> I want a tiny little Andrew Garfield in my house. <clears throat> Like the Indian in the cupboard. The what in the cupboard? They should call it the Native American in the cupboard, actually. <laughs> you know the movie The Indian in the Cupboard? Nope. It's this movie and there's an Indian in the cupboard. Um, but he's not like a full-grown Indian person. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be saying Indian. Native American in the cupboard. And he's a, I'm, I don't know what I'm getting, how I'm getting here, but what the fuck. He he was in, he's in the cupboard, and uh, Indian and uh, this tiny little like stereotypical cowboys and Indian Indian in the cupboard, mm-hmm. and he's and he's tiny. He's a miniature little guy. I don't know what happens. They have adventures. Him and whoever's cupboard, whoever owns the cupboard, has adventures with this very very small Native American. Is this an Ant Man comic? Does it feel like yeah, he's one? Ant Man sized, right? He's like, well, he's he's bigger than Ant Man. He's he's like action figure sized. I would like to have a very small sentient Andrew Garfield in my house. Is the point of that joke? Next, got it. 
But when I say Indian, he's not from the continent of India. It's a native American. Uh, country. It's yeah. India's not a continent. continent. Sorry, yes. So Asia is the continent. India is the country. Yeah, yeah. He, That's not where he's from. Not little Indian man in the cupboard. I feel like I'm making it worse. He's <laughs> playing when you get it, man. Oh, Christ. I was just thinking, I'm trying to, I was stumbling over myself trying to remember the plot of Indian in the cupboard, and I don't. So me continually saying it was me trying to jog my memory of like what goes on. I don't know, actually. Someone owns that cupboard and they have, I don't know what he does. Those are adventures in the cupboard. He has adventures in there with all the, all the pasta shells and flour, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so, okay. Avi Arad. Yeah. Well, that, that makes perfect sense. Okay, so forgetting all that for a second, let's just say the film ends the way that it does. It's really successful. What is Amazing Spider-Man 3? Like, what does that look like? And I mean then, not now. Now it's something else, and we, that, we can talk about that when we do our No Way Home episode and talk about what the possibility of a 3 yeah. for Andrew is, a 4 for Toby is, and whatever. What would it have been after this? Do you think it would have been Sinister Six? I think so. I think we might have had... We might have had a Venom film before another Spider-Man film. You think? Um, and then in the in the next Spider-Man film, it's weird because when I watched when I watched the film for the first time, I thought like before it was cancelled and everything, but I, I I would still stick with the thought that I had then because now my thoughts after No Way Home has changed of what that third film could have been, but I I still want a depressed. Spider-Man. I just, <laughs> I, I do. I You're young and angsty and depressed. Yeah, well, that's 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 also true. But hey, we're here to do fun stuff, and we'll enjoy ourselves, and uh, yes, we'll have all we'll take all the different Spider-Mans. Thank you. We kind of had all three of them, you know. Like there was all three very yeah. very different tones of Spider-Man in that No Way Home picture. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to get to that one and then and then see. Holy shit, we just recycling everything we said. Probably, but whatever. People will listen, or they won't. It's totally yeah. fine. But okay, so it's yeah, Sinister Six. I mean, yeah. you, you're probably right. If they had have gone the Venom route and done that movie first, yeah. whether it was Tom Hardy or I mean, if this would have been 2014, 14. This is, I, there's no way that that was Tom Hardy there. Yeah, like let's, say, let's say 2016 they do a Venom picture and 2018 they do a third Amazing Spider-Man. Maybe. Maybe they cross them over and that's how you begin, you know, you do... You, the Sony-verse, you know, Sony yeah, Spider-verse. Sony and it probably would have gone much better, you know? Yeah. It would have gone much better. And but I think they would have... It would have been interesting to see Tom Hardy do that because he's so... At just as a, as a in terms of his build, he's so different than Andrew Garfield. To see this kind of short, stocky dude kind of take on this you know lanky teenager would have been really cool i think yeah um, and uh and it seems like tom hardy's venom won't be fighting spider-man anytime soon or the spider-man that we know of yeah i i mean they've they're kind of like hinting at it a little bit but <clears> is that going to be tom holland is tom on his way out like he seems like maybe that's the case but we'll, we'll talk about that next week and yeah. then uh, so the week after next, but next week we'll, we'll talk about where does Miles fit in in all this, you know? Because yeah, you know, you, there's 
there's a conversation that will happen next week about Miles and you come back. Absolutely. Then. Uh, but in the interim. But before but before we go, I want I want to ask you what what your what's your like idea of what the Amazing Spider-Man 3 could have been? Because there were ideas of like bringing back Captain Stacy and everything, but mm. like I don't know how much that would have fit in. But I want I want to, I want to know what what you think of what what there could have been. <laughs> I, I just can't speak now. It was like me trying to explain the fucking Indian in the cupboard. <laughs> the most, the rarest of fucking topics to come up on this podcast. Anyway, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. So I, I think probably Sinister Six would have been an interesting idea, but if they'd kind of flipped the script a little bit and, and done it, um, you know, with the people you weren't maybe expecting. Felicia Hardy, absolutely. And then there would be the, you, you bring in Mary Jane as well and then you have a love triangle. That that might've been interesting. Um, and uh, at the end of it, I think Spider-Man, like you said, has to die. And the way that they killed him in the end of the Ultimate Universe in the comic book series. He dies and you get you get Miles. Yeah. Um, and then they that's ended up- what, that's- they did that in another picture that we're going to talk about next week. Yeah, and that's you know what that's that's exactly what I want. I want, I want uh, Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker to die in the hands of Miles. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. I'm asking, but also <clears throat> I'm going to say this again. I said in the last one, in the last uh, Legacy of Spider-Man episode, I'm going to say this again. Sony, I know you're listening. Can we get can we get a Miles uh, live action like ASAP? Please Holy call me because I have a fuck because I have a fucking script and it has silk in it. And please let me do it. Mm. Just I have it. It's already done. Please <laughs> give me a ring. We know you're listening. Disney Plus. Did you call us again? It's not Disney anymore. It's Sony, isn't it? Um, yes. Yeah, so, hi. This is yeah. this is um this is Richard Sony. Um, did you have that uh, Miles Morales script going there? Okay. Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's the way you move forward. But um, do go back and, and, and perhaps have a look at The Amazing Spider-Man and The Amazing Spider-Man colon Rise of Electro for a second time or a third time or a fourth time or however many times you've seen it. But go back and have a look at it with some fresh eyes and be like, hang on a second. These have their place. Absolutely. And, um, and I enjoy them very much. But then again, I tend to buck the trend. Like I've said a lot batman returns is my favorite superhero movie and my favorite batman movie and it's better than the dark knight and the amount of people who laugh at me for that is a lot um hey i don't like the dark knight at all i don't like those films so i respect you we'll get canceled (laughs) we'll get canceled hey man this i used to listen to this podcast and they got canceled why was it like a me too thing no they don't like the dark knight you might have I think that's an extreme reaction, pal, whoever you are and whoever I am. I think that's a really extreme reaction. That's an escalation that didn't need to happen. So uh, before we finish up... (laughs) It would be, wouldn't it? How? You guys talking about films, dude. What the fuck? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't pretend to understand the the voices in my head. They just they just tell me what they're thinking. Yeah. Okay. Um. It's it's the best way to be. So, do are there any questions for this week, or or is it just next week's questions we've done? 
Uh, no, we do have questions for this week. But before before we get into that, I want to give a shout out to my boy. Um, <laughs> like I fucking know him. My boy, Hans Zimmer, who's done. Uh, Mrs. Zimmer, now he's listening. Hi, Hans. Oh, hi, Hans. <laughs> oh, congratulations again for the Dune Oscar. Um, has also done a lot of superhero films. Has done my favorite scores. Um, but yeah. The opening of, of The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is, is something to marvel at. Pun intended. So good. It is. It's really good. That That is a theme. Is, is <clears throat> it's stronger than any of the other themes I've had. Hum the Danny Elfman theme. And the only reason that you know the, um, the one from the MCU is because it's a fucking... It's an orchestrated version of the fucking Spider-Man. Yeah, the 90s one. Yeah. Not nineties. It was that 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 song is from the sixties or seventies cartoon. Yeah. yeah. Spider Man, Spider Man done whatever a spider can. It's just an orchestrated version of that. The Hans Zimmer one is iconic in my head. Anyway, I I I, I can hear that a lot. In fact, when I read yeah. a Spider Man comic and I open the first page, that song typically starts in my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you brought it up, every time I read every time I read any comic and it has Spider Man in it, which has happened twice now. Um, it's Andrew Garfield that I hear. Oh it's, yeah, it's yeah. him with the mask. Yeah, absolutely. And they do a really good job of like having having the voice sound muffled, but you can still like I've just I'm holding my mouth over my hands, my mouth over my hands. The fuck, Indian in the cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> no, <everybody. laughs> Indigenous person in the cupboard. No, it's um. I'm holding my hand over my mouth and they do a yeah. good job of having it sort of sound like this, but it's still Andrew Garfield. Yeah, I, I totally hear that. I've recently <clears throat> read the um, the newer run of Age of Ultron, um, the Brian Michael Bendis, Brian Hitch um, series, which was sort of all the superheroes coming together and fighting Ultron. And um, yeah, Spider-Man's in that but it's actually it's funny it's superior spider-man when his body was taken over by doc ock but i was still hearing ah still hearing that um, that's interesting see we could we could have gone so many different routes plenty plenty of places to go yeah absolutely but um yeah let's 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 have a look at some questions it's question time and here's the theme song How many questions are there today, Addy? Five. Five. Lovely number. Nice and round. Okay, so what, what is the first question? Um, first question is, if you could choose any villain for Dazm 3, The Amazing Spider-Man 3, who would it be and why? You go first. I kind of did it before. I think Felicia Hardy would be really interesting. I don't know how you turned the version of the character that was <clears throat> Amazing Spider-Man 2 into the character that Black Cat is. Um, maybe she's always been that. She's always been a burglar, but somehow she gets involved in stealing something she shouldn't and people start going after her and Bat- uh, Batman, fuck me. Um, the Indian in the cupboard teams up with her and, <laughs> and they have adventures. No, Spider-Man teams up with her to help her and she ends up fucking him over. In a, in, in a, in a similar way that, that Catwoman did in The Dark Knight Rises, perhaps. So, But yeah, I, I would say absolutely Black Cat. What about you? I don't know. Can we like this is what I'm this is what I'm campaigning for now. You had this question. You knew it was going to come up. You didn't do any prep. I made that up off the top of my head. 
You had this question written down. You've read it out loud more than once. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, any fucking way. Um, what the fuck? Yeah, sorry. That's all right. So, yeah, you, you think it should be... Yeah, so I've been campaigning for two films. One is the live-action Miles Morales film mm. without Spider-Verse. Um, yeah. They have the script for Please ring me. Uh, the second is... <laughs> the second is... Um, a Spider-Man film without any like who just villains like it's just it's Spider-Man sp- swinging around saving saving people and getting called into Shield maybe yeah like, I mean, you could do that you could be to have it like a training movie where he's <clears throat> you know in in some yeah and then like Avengers probably and I, yeah sorry you go no 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 you go yeah and like maybe at the end of it or like introduction of second act we get like um i don't know man yeah maybe we get like a craven a hunter arc craven the hunter arc <clears throat> it would be it would be cool to see aaron taylor johnson's craven the hunter in uh andrew garfield's spider-man films that would be fucking awesome because they're both like impeccable actors yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see what that picture is. I really like Craven as a character. Craven's Last Hunt is one of the best Spider-Man arcs of all time. Yeah, I, I, I agree getting him in is a really good idea. Yeah. Question so, number two. Question number two. What's your favorite Spider-Man villain of all time? Comic or live action? Like, so we can choose from the yeah. comics or the live action. Yeah, cool. Um... Willem, Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin is not included. Now go. <laughs> okay. Well, fuck. Um, oh, absolutely. The Indian in the cupboard. <laughs> okay, that's the last one. I promise that's the last one until next week. That's <laughs> <laughs> next week for them. Yeah. Yeah, it's next week for them. And it's like <laughs> we're, we're bumping these up. So it's like a couple of minutes for you. Okay. No, I... <clears throat> I'm trying to pick one that they haven't done. Um, Could be Scorpion though. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be cool. I, I, I like the, the idea of the Vulture from Homecoming where he's just like, I'm just trying to fucking make a living, which is, which is interesting. I, I, like, I like Dr. Octopus in, in, in its entirety as a character because he's so egotistical and and such a dick about his his abilities but his power set is you know the the arms and stuff it's a good foil for bat uh, for spider-man because spider-man's so fucking agile and he moves around and you know can do flips and all that stuff if if you you've got four mechanical arms that can go in every direction you're a huge threat to him because he's there's, there's nowhere he can hide um yeah so i'd, I'd say my favorite's probably auto octavius nice um, mine would be Mysterio. As much as I like Goblin, that wouldn't be fair. That's why I put, that's why I kicked out Goblin because everyone would go for Goblin then. Of course. But yeah, um, I I would go Mysterio. Okay, all right. I can dig that. But have like a have like a backstory with Peter and Quentin back there. Like not just Mysterio pops out of nowhere. Yeah, that but- he doesn't. 
the MCU like, style yeah. one is is you know c- comes out of you know again out of uh, an Iron Man thing. It's yeah. yeah. The the in the comics, like I said before, he's a he's a special effects artist, um, and and uses that. the The best use of the character was uh, hmm. back in the early nineties. Kevin Smith and Joe Quesada worked on a run of the Daredevil comic series for the Marvel Knights imprint, uh, which was, you know, launched all sort of the street level, you know, more adult characters, Daredevil, Ghost Rider, um, The Punisher, Blade. And yeah, uh, Kevin Smith, the the screenwriter and Joe Quesada, who's now the editor-in-chief at Marvel, but at the time he was an artist, ran this imprint um, with Jimmy Palmiotti and... They did a run, like a 12-issue run of Daredevil where, um, you know, Daredevil's life just gets completely destroyed, completely torn down. Karen Page dies and, uh, he, you know, faces all of his worst villains and his Catholicism and it's just... And by the end of it, he's completely wrecked and it turns out it was Mysterio the whole time, um, just trying to prove himself to be a decent villain. <clears throat> and he's dying of cancer from all the fucking special effects makeup and gases that he's used over the time. It's really fucking good. It's called Guardian Devil. That's the series. You could probably buy it in a in a trade paperback, and I absolutely recommend it. It's also the best Daredevil art you'll ever see. It's pretty fucking amazing. Uh, sorry, question number three. Yeah, I was thinking about it. Thinking about something. Um, That's all right. <clears throat> To be clear, I wasn't zoning out on what you were saying. I was just thinking in the same way into what you were saying. No, that's okay. It's just, yeah, I, I talk a lot. I talk a lot. It's, no, you don't. We have a podcast. Of course you talk it a lot. It is a podcast. That's, yeah, it's not like people yeah. come here to hear silence. Yeah, that's totally fair. Unless you want to do, we'll change it to a meditation app. And you're slowly going to sleep now. And feel the tingling in your toes. And then walking up your shins is a very, very tiny, tiny, tiny Indian. <laughs> come out the cupboard. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. I'm going to have to watch that movie just so I know what the fuck happened. Walking up your shins towards your taint. Um, okay. Sorry. Yeah. What is question four? <laughs> question three. Question three. Uh, what are the chances to see Andrew Garfield back as Spider-Man at least one more time? Like a percentage? No, not percentage. What is it? What are the chances? What do you think? Yeah, what are the chances? Like, do we like do we get to see him or no? If they're gonna do it, they need to do it quick. Because he's he'd be close to 40 now. Um, he's probably, he might even be 40. I don't know. Hang on. I'll check and see how old he is. He can't be much younger than me if he is Andrew Garfield. He's a year younger than me. So he's 39. So. Um, well, aren't you 39? Yeah, but I, I, he turns 39 in August. I turned 40 in November. So um, yeah, he's uh if they're going to do it, they, they need. I mean, you can and he can play younger. Obviously, I'm, I'm probably. I was watching the rookie last night with Nathan Fillion, who plays mid forties, and he's fifty two or something. So you can do that, but I, I think they need to get on it quick. And I think the the possibility is slim, um, because they have this whole Spider Verse going on with. Morbius and 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 even though that didn't do well, it's kind of ironic to to like that movie now, which is funny because it's it's only come out so recently and Venom three and all that stuff and Craven, 
if they were going to do it, they probably would have done it already. Um, or they would have greened it already. But I mean, you know, keep using the hashtag and we'll see what the fuck happens because. Yeah, I mean, this we, did, we did get the Snyder cut. Yeah, exactly. And and now is the time. Uh, people are people accept these, you know, multiple universes, and that's mostly in part to 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 um, into the Spider Verse kind of open the door for that. Like, oh, hang on, we can do this. Flash is doing it now. Um, yeah. yeah. So maybe, maybe. <clears throat> yeah. Also, it's weird that we when we like because of Into the Spider Verse seeing all three spider-man and no way home it was kind of normal like yeah. imagine imagine the shock value it would have been if we had that movie before spider-verse but it also wouldn't work with it no nah, people wouldn't have accepted it like what the fuck's this they're different movies but spider-verse is like oh okay even though all these characters have not been introduced to me before i understand that they all exist and they they've all existed in the comics before but for, for just regular audiences, even Miles Morales at that point, to open that movie as a Miles story. It's, it's a baller move. Ain't it is. It's a fucking baller it's... move. And we'll, we'll get into that next week. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Now it's number um, three. Yeah. Let me answer number three first. Did you not? No. Oh, fuck. Raring to go. Yeah. Um, chances are Andrew Garfield's coming back. I don't know if he wants to, he will. If he doesn't want to, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's, if it happens, great. If it doesn't happen, that's okay too. Yeah, we 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 got closure, and that's all that matters. We got closure as as fans of that franchise, which is which I don't know if ever if it will ever be the same. Like after after the film, like everyone everyone wants everyone wanted Multiverse of Madness to be like a cameo fest. For fuck's sake! Yeah, it's it, it has changed the landscape, and that's that. It'll be interesting to see where that goes. But for the time <clears> being, we're all good. Yeah. If it's and you're like the person who's asked the question says, or at least one more time, then again, I would I would pitch a Miles Morales story with Andrew Garfield Spider Man as Peter Parker there, and then at the end, uh, Spider Man dies in or like end of second act he dies. Peter Parker dies in Miles Morales' arms. Yeah, yeah I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not leaving that image. I no, am not leaving that image. No, it's it's super strong thematically, and and you know, heroes die. They just do. Um, yeah, I, I, I absolutely. All right. Um, okay. Uh, question for character ranking for both movies. All of them? Okay, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, how how is it? Okay, well, I mean, if you let's still... let's do top three or top five. Yeah. Okay, but you can't you can't include Spider Man because it's too easy. Yeah. There's... Um. It's a Spider Man. What the yeah, fuck no, are I you know, saying? But, but, but of course, like, if you're gonna, who's the best character in the Spider Man movie? Probably Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Who are, I get char- you. who are the most interesting three characters in the two the two pictures? Uh, outside of Spider-Man. You go first. Okay. So top three for the first one will be uh, Dr. Connors. Uncle Ben, because I, I love Martin Sheen's Uncle Ben more than Toby, uh, Toby's Uncle Ben and Gwen. Okay. What? Yep. Um, I will say I'll, 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 I'll just, I'll buck the trend a little bit. Um, the teacher who tells 
this is number three. The teacher who tells Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker not to skate in the halls. Skid, but yeah. Because it's dangerous, Peter. Just, you know, grow the fuck up. Um, and uh, I also enjoy the robber who throws him the chocolate milk, who then accidentally kills Uncle Ben. He doesn't accidentally do it. He shoots him. Um, and uh, the spider who bites Peter because cheers. I'm not taking this seriously. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm just trying to be different. Just trying to be interesting. Awesome. Yeah. Keep 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 everyone guessing. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, for the second one, I will go with Felicia Hardy because we talked about her a lot today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, Felicia Hardy. Um, the yeah, the kid that he's the kid that he saves from bullying, and Gwen Stacy again. Yeah, Gwen dead meat Stacy, and for me, it is um, <laughs> sorry, it's a bit harsh. For me, it is um, um, uh, uh, Paul Giamatti pre Rhino costume. I had the tattoo on the forehead. Yep. So good. The barbed wire. Um, Number two is the ghost of Dennis Leary. Um, He get popping up and ruin dim sum dinners. And number one is it's, it's multiple characters and it's all of the eels that give Electro his powers. (laughs) It's one sentient. Each individual Unagi that you've got in there. I know Unagi, they're freshwater Unagi. eels. I don't know if they were freshwater eels or saltwater eels. I think they might have been saltwater eels, but yeah, because they're generating electricity for the whole fucking building. Yeah, that's right. Good on them, just doing their job. Then some guy falls in. Hey, we're gonna zap you. Yeah. We're gonna zap you. No, they don't zap him. They're very kind. They fix his gap in the teeth. Very kind. Weird, fucking weird. I don't know what. I don't know what's. I mean, because that's the, the, the prototypical. You know, kind of nerdy, uh, a pre bad guy who becomes a bad guy supervillain. It's they've just done it recently in Wonder Woman 1984 with the, the cheetah character. Um, you know, they did it in in Batman Returns with the Riddler. It's just this thing. It's just this trope that they do. I don't know how getting electrocuted fixes your teeth, but then again, I've never been electrocuted, so maybe maybe I should give it a try and then have really nice. All my fronts will be lovely. Uh, Please don't. <laughs> I like you. I like you, you the way you, you are. I'm about to put a knife into the toaster, and Emma's like, <laughs> Emily's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I want to fix my teeth, babe." She'd be like, "What the fuck are you talking about? That sentence doesn't even make sense." I'm like, "Have you seen Amazing Spider-Man 2 She'd be like, "Yeah, but that has nothing to do with teeth," because she wouldn't understand because she's not part of this conversation. What's the last question, Addy? I'm starting <laughs> to lose my mind. It's about now. about now. It happens every episode. Ah. I've been talking too much. There's not enough oxygen in my brain. Start talking about Indians in cupboards and killing myself with toasters. <laughs> I was trying to read the question so you don't bring that up again. But the fucking bitch. <laughs> it's impossible. It's going to come up. It's going to keep coming up. Uh, okay. Uh, last question for this episode. Um, episode. Sorry. Favorite scene of both the films. So, so I guess one scene from each film. Okay. Yeah. The 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 um. 
we're gonna agree on one i know yeah okay let me say for like an emotional scene like an emotional beat um peter uh, uh um the death of of um captain stacy when he screams the primal scream into the night it's really muted is super powerful and as an action beat um the fight in the school with lizard and how he crawls around him like a like a spider it's fucking that's the thing he's got all these spider-like attributes that they don't have in like they're putting all these really wicked positions like the comic and have him kind of behave spider-like it's yeah he's a lot, he's a lot faster I find and 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 uses his his powers in more interesting ways than the the original ones. Maybe he uses all his limbs. Yeah, he's real gangly too. Like I like <clears> the <throat> lean Spider Man. Tobey uh, Guy's quite short and stocky, but Andrew Garfield's lean and slick looking. I m- much more like the Steve Ditko design. Just fucking super cool. So sorry. What uh, what are your ones for the, for the first picture? Um. Right. So sorry. That's that was, all right. That Did something happen? You're, you're a little fright there. <laughs> yeah, that was the door. Fuck. <clears throat> anyway, uh, there's again. This is this is where I'll be around. Fucked. Fuck this. Because uh, there's a there's a teaser where it's the one person shot of Spider Man just swinging, and then he comes up in the reflection, yeah, yeah. and that's the so, first reveal. But in the film, it's all like chopped up, like Connor's hand. <sighs> Ooh, <laughs> fucking burn, mate! Poor Doctor Connors and his not being real. <laughs> um, yeah, now that that actual scene, like, because it's the first Spider-Man film that was released in 3D. It came out at, at the time when 3D was super popular, um, and that, yeah, the the POV. I don't know how they've never tried that before, but then, yeah, him landing on the on the 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 building and seeing his own reflection, super cool. Yeah, and the second one for that film would be, uh, yeah, the, the 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 first conversation with Gwen and Peter, where it's just there's no words. It's just, it's just, it's just yeah, them yeah, talking with. They can't, yeah. they're, they're so awkward with each other, and it's so cute and sexy at the same time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Cool. For the second, the rise of Electro, probably. Um, um, yeah, the, the opening of him, like the fall from the sky and then swing through, what have you got for me today, New York? All right, let's go to work. Super fucking cool as an action beat and as a story beat, like an emotional beat. Um, probably um, where he's like, like doing the doing the insane person like mapping things out on the, yeah on the tape and all that stuff and you know putting the picture of Gwen up and then his parents like what does this mean why is why is this here why how is Oscar connected that kind of like the detective kind of scene is, is pretty cool and I dig that song as well so yeah 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 for me like the first that whole fuck. Like it, like the whole transition to Spider Man's logo, and then him with this suit with the same logo. That's that's like it's holy grail. It's it's holy grail comic book films. It is. But it's also it starts with the with the bell towering, which is what the fuck. Mm. That's the second foreshadowing in the first like 
Yeah. in there man it's only when you watch it after you know a few times you're like hold on so it's working on a few levels but i mean that's that falling shot is the one of the best shots in a spider-man movie of all time and the rippling of the costume like that yeah. detail like the 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 atmospherics affecting the motion is something that you don't see in these new ones honestly um, yeah, like the MCU suit, it's it's skin, like it's it's all like you can see like the collarbones and everything there. Yeah. It's in this one, it's not like like when they were designing that suit and that scene because it's CG. Like they shot it, and like Andrew Garfield when he was falling, he couldn't like because when you see it, his his like all of his body is just straight and he's falling down straight, but he couldn't keep his he couldn't keep his feet straight so they had to tie him up so that's why it's straight but then they did with full cg again yeah. that's why the ripples are there and it sells it like of course when you wear a spider-man so it's not going to be like fully fitted so there's going to be space plus you need air to fucking breathe in it yeah otherwise you're just fucking marinating <clears throat> in there and shit and you need to be yeah. cut out of it like catwoman in the, in the you know in the in the 90s but it's yeah i mean those those little things are the things that sell it um you know motion uh, uh, uh atmospherics inertia when you watch that scene on the i didn't see uh oh no i did see the second one in the in the at the cinemas but i didn't see it in 3d but just on the big screen again at the Asta um a couple of weeks ago it gave me vertigo for a second like just that drop like feeling the drop was super powerful and it's little things like that realities that you give it in these insane worlds that that make it believable so which spider-man in your eyes has been typecast the most among the three who have played it and which one of the spider-man solo movies uh do you like the most i think we answered that in the in the podcast itself yeah i, I i'd say for, for me my favorite is is the first amazing spider-man um is it the most technically proficient? I don't know. It's the one I like the most for my personal tastes. Um, it, who, who do I feel has been typecast? Yeah. As in uh, only getting the same roles post-playing Spider-Man? Tom I Holland. think it's Tom, right? Yeah. yeah because he's, he's only doing... I mean, he's tried to do a few little things like... Um, uh, he did Sherry and... Sherry uh, and one the, the Devil... Uh, thing. Yeah, the uh, the devil at all times, and he was part of. Um, but this was like way before his height for Spider Man started. Like, uh, he did. I think it was like twenty seventeen that he did uh, Homecoming, and then in the same year there was a film scheduled to come out called The Current War, which was about Thomas Head Edison and uh, Hemingway. If that's not the name, I will fucking no, die. It wasn't. It wasn't. Him, no, it was Edison. No, it wasn't. It was Edison and somebody else. Hemingway, yeah, sorry. Hemingway is a writer. Um, yes, I am so sorry. No, that's all right. Yeah, no, that, that movie did come out. Um, it's a- uh, it came out in 2020. But, yeah, he's in that one also. But, like, you, when you see him there, you're like, oh, this is pre-Spider-Man Tom. Like, right before, like, right after he got the film but hadn't shot yet. Hmm. And it's a better come Cumberbatch and Tom Holland again. So, yeah. Yeah, and now he's sort of you know he's got that and the uh, um, Uncharted, uh, Chaos Walking, uh, these kind of like. Blockbuster. I, I think he has a. I think he has a lot of potential to be a dramatic actor. I, I quite like Cherry. I know that people kind of didn't didn't dig on that film. He was it was a strange. 
people, a strange role for him because he looks quite young for someone who would be would play a you know a drug addled war vet. But um, yeah, he does he does have a lot more opportunity. But he is he is currently like a, a blockbuster darling. That movie, The Current War, was um, about the uh, the electricity race between Thomas Edison and George Westinghouse. Yes, played by Benedict Cumberbatch and um, Michael Shannon. So. But uh, yeah, that's absolutely the truth. I think Toby kind of, he's very sporadic in what he likes to do. He hasn't has, doesn't done heaps of stuff. He was in um, uh, the Baz Luhrmann picture, the Great Gatsby, a um, couple of other sort of little things in between Spider-Man and like, him, but uh, not Yeah, I've only, only seen Toby in the Spider-Man movies and uh, Brothers, which is Jake Gyllenhaal and Toby yeah. McGuire. Yeah, that was that was post or at least post one of the spider most of the Spidermans. But um yeah, I think Andrew Garfield has the most range and he's the one whose career bounced back. You know, he did a few small things um and then, you know, started coming back with some 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 big work and some big Yeah. His smaller like stuff he, is really interesting, you know. Under under the Silver Agreed. Is a really interesting film. Um and uh 99 Homes. Like yeah, he's he's yeah, he's the most talented actor, absolutely. Agreed. Um the second part of the question is, which of the solo movies are your favorite out of uh, the Andrew, the Andrew Garfield one, Toby's and Tom's? So like, out of the duology of uh, to- uh, Andrew and uh, trilogy of Toby and Tom. Right. D- uh, the um, the second Spider-Man picture of the Toby ones is, is, is my favorite. Uh, the first Amazing Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield, is my favorite out of that. And um, I, even though I really like No Way Home, I, I think um, uh, just as a as a, a Spider Man story, Homecoming is 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 the stronger is the stronger picture. Yeah, um, I like the I like Spider Man Three from Toby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Spider Man Three from Toby. Um, the Amazing Spider Man Two. I love I love Tasm I love the Amazing Spider Man one, but the Amazing Spider Man two has that opening and nothing else can yeah. come over that. So yeah, totally fair. Uh, that and uh, yeah, I I think I've told you this before that I I had little to no hope for No Way Home. I went in only for Andrew Garfield. So yeah, No Way Home. Yep, all fine reasoning, sir. What if the director of the Spider Man films was switched? And Raimi worked with Tom, Andrew worked with John Watts, and Toby worked with Mark Webb. How do you think those films would have come out? And which of the Spider-Man films, or which of the Spider-Man films would have been wasted? And which of the Spider-Man films would have been uh, better? That's a very interesting question. Yeah, that's super interesting. Um, I mean, I'm I'm gonna say that whatever whoever Andrew worked with, you would have got a performance out of him, and you were gonna wonder if you're working with those scripts. Uh, so if it's if it's the same scripts, that's a that's a really big difference. S- someone comes along and directs the middle two pictures with Andrew Garfield, who isn't Mark Webb. It's not a huge difference unless it's someone like Sam Raimi, who does have a lot of style. Um, and the same as uh, 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 the the um, John Watts, like he's he's a very competent director, surely a very competent actor director action director at this point, but he's inside the Marvel system. I'd be interested to see what he does outside of that because I know he did a film called Cop Car that was quite good, but I I never saw it myself and just it reportedly is good. Um yeah. 
So yeah, I'm 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 going to say Tom's uh, sorry Andrews would still be the strongest purely based on his performance. Um, but I'd be really interested to see Sam Raimi direct him and see how goofy they get with it. Yeah, I mean, uh, when he said that he wants to direct Tom in like anywhere, has he? I think he said he's a fan of the films. But yeah, it would be interesting to see it, um, a multiverse where uh, Tom Tom's directed by Sam Raimi. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, and, it, and and he's it, like it, it, because then he would be um, Sam Raimi would be inside the Marvel system as well, and we've seen exactly yeah we see what he has the ability to do. Like Doctor Strange was well put together, the sequel to Doctor Strange. So yeah, what does that look like? It's it's not it's not Sam Raimi and his style of filmmaking that brought the film down. It was it was kind of the whole machine of Marvel that and the expectations of what what came before and what could be. Yeah. That, that brought the film down hugely. But yeah. It's the most film by committee that they've done. You know, it's it's trying to it's trying to hit it's trying to hit everything and missing most of it because it's trying to hit everything. You just gotta wait. Yeah. For, you gotta wait for the right swing. Um you like, know, you gotta wait for the right ball to come at you. It's so weird because I'm gonna find me behind those those Spider Man pictures and, and it's it is it's a different vibe. Um be much goofier. Yeah, but like I mean, you give Sam Raimi Tom Holland, and like the atmosphere that the first three films were in, because he didn't he didn't really get that. Like uh, the Toby films were the way that they were, but it weren't exactly how you wanted, right? Because you wanted to, uh, fuck, you wanted a high schooler, and. Uh, what well, he wasn't a high schooler, was he? Nor were any other characters that like any of the actors. Yeah. But he, but like, it would be interesting to see what he would do in a Peter Parker story, in that setting. Yeah. And if I, I, I wholeheartedly agree that if uh, I wholeheartedly say that if Mark Webb did the Toby films, uh, he would like those films would have had the best. Spider-Man swinging scenes of all time. <laughs> I think that's that that would be lost, and I don't want to see Andrew Garfield Spider-Man with not the amazing amount of swinging that was in that film. A lot of locked-off shots, I would say. Yeah, I mean, maybe yeah. maybe now you know different times you can do different things with cameras and, and CG and everything. So they kind of live in their time periods too. But um, but yeah. if we if we do switch like if we do switch the the circumstances. Well, like we just switch the directors and the actors, but we have the same circumstances. In this universe, we would have a trilogy of Andrew Garfield's films, and exactly. we'd have a yeah. duology of Toby films. Yeah. Do what? How do you do? You do that? What's the sacrifice you make? We'll yeah. have to sleep on that. I think. <laughs> yeah, it's like I said. Like um, I said, that's a very interesting question. But like, for me, like even though Into the Spider Verse is of a perfect film it's also a starting point of spider-man like like when that film's ends, he's like oh i i cannot wait to see where we go next with miles yeah right whereas the reason why the amazing spider-man 2 feels like perfect or like to me is a perfect spider-man film is like you have the cool amazing scenes you have the swinging scenes, you have the angsty teenager, you have the romance, 
but you also have to sacrifice. And not not to take away or to say that uh, Miles did not sacrifice anything, mm. uh, but it's just that brings uh, the amazing Spider-Man sacrifice and the ultimate cause and effect of those films just it rings more than uh, the uh, the prowler being Miles's uncle, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally get it. Was that it? Was that the last? And that's it. That's it for it. What was your emotional beat though? Oh fuck! Isn't it obvious? Is it the end? Where he's like, yeah, yeah. You can't be with your mum. You take care of your mum, and I'm going to take care of this jerk, fucking or whatever he says. Super. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not. It's not that. It's it's Gwen dying. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> when I say that. Yeah quite emotional um cool awesome all right well folks thanks for coming back and and, and enjoying part two well i hope you enjoyed it anyway i know we talked about Indian in the cupboard a lot but um and me raging about batman returns plot holes but uh, batman forever plot holes rather um but here we are uh, at the very end please do go back and, and check these pictures out again and and, and enjoy them uh and and we'll, we'll be back next week to chat um, a real oddity in, in terms of its its success, I, I feel. This movie just kind of came out of nowhere into the Spider-Verse, won a fucking Oscar and changed the, the, the course of the Spider-Man trajectory, absolutely. Um, but in the meantime, please, wherever you get the podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music, write and review. It does help the profile of the show, bring more people here to uh, talk about crazy Spider-Man pictures. And uh, Addy... You're gorgeous, mate. I love you. And we will be back next week. You are amazing, sir. And everyone who's listening is amazing. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Um, this was this was kind of like, it, it went better than I would have imagined because I, I, I imagined me fucking crying in the I was going to say, I'm, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't cry at any point, but hey, yeah. maybe later tonight. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much. Uh, stay amazing and stay safe. Okay.